No subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Uh, And after tonight, no more Summer of Strangeness. This is the end of our Summer of Strangeness season. It's been an amazing ride. It's been a lot of fun. Um, But the calendar defeats us in this case uh, because this is actually last Friday of the summer. Uh, Everybody else has kind of moved on. No one's talking about the summer anymore. I think I'm the only one hanging on here because I wanted to do these last couple episodes. So this is the last show in the Summer of Strangeness. And as I said at the end of last week's show, uh, came to to this sort of uh, epiphany during the Conspiracy Normal episode I had uh, with Adam Sane and Serfiel Stevenson a couple weeks ago. It's like, ah, I'm not sure how to end this, how to end this season, you know? Like, who should, who should I have on to, to talk to, to, to wrap this up? I need, I need a real... I need a real firecracker to to close out this awesome season that I've just had. And that's when it hit me in the middle of the episode. I said to myself, William Zabel. i got to bring William Zabel back. It's been uh, almost, I guess, 2018, 20, two and a half years since we talked to William Zabel. Last talked to him, uh, I just checked here now, uh, around the end of January of 2018. So uh, a lot has happened since then. A lot's happened this year, um, and a lot. He's, he's last we heard from him, he was about to leave, and I think go to Germany, um, and I believe he did. We're going to find out all about that. We're getting his thoughts on uh, what has been, a, as I think everyone knows, uh, an absolutely bizarre 2020, very very weird year. Uh, we're going to find out what he thinks of some of these crazy conspiracy theories that are going around. Uh, Nowadays, that weren't even around, I don't think, uh, or they may have just been starting out uh, when we last talked to him. So it is with great pleasure. I know I've already heard from tons of fans who are excited about tonight's episode. They love William Zabel, so it is with great pleasure to bring back the living legend, the man, the myth, the incomparable William Zabel. Welcome back to Be Away, my friend. All right, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, dude, it's my pleasure, man. It's my pleasure. Yeah. I, I try to explain to the longtime listeners uh, about your wild history here with the show, how you disappeared for a long time, and then we found you again. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah you, you have a storied <laughs> history with the program. So now, uh, what the hell have you been up to? So last time I heard from, last, like I said, last time we talked to you, you were talking about leaving the country, which is mm-hmm. more and more of a good idea. But you, now you're back in the country. We'll get to that. So I guess what what yeah. happened uh, – 
you know, since the I, 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 don't, I don't know if you posted on Facebook exactly when and where you well, I think you guys said where you went, but where, when you left and everything like that. So give us an update. What have you been up to since the last time we talked to you? Okay. Um, in <clears throat> August of 2018, uh, I was looking around at, uh, you know, my business as we talked about the car washes I owned. And, uh, you know, the businesses were starting to go downhill in my town. Everything, you could see the economy sliding in. And my girlfriend in Germany, she's like, Bill, you know, I can, I, I can get you something to do over here. We can find something to do. She goes, I want to see you. I'm tired of this long-distance Facebook relationship. She says, why don't you just come on over? She goes, you know, she goes, those, those businesses, you've had those for 11 years. They're a pain in the butt. She goes, you're spending more money on them than you're making. She goes, just call it quits. And I said, well, you know, I still do my graphic design. I got my research in the Columbine. She goes, you can do that from anywhere in the world. You don't need to be in Brighton, Colorado to do that. So I decided that was it. Uh, my mom had died in 2014. Um, most of my relatives are scattered all over the country. So I was like, you know what? Maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea. And with everything that's going on in America, I am German anyways. Uh, my real last name is Wolf, which is German. And uh, I thought, you know what? Let's just do it. So I sold those miserable car washes. I loved them for a long time until they started Wait now, hold on. Let me, let me stop you here because somebody was asking about the car wash. So I thought you only owned yeah. one car wash now. You have more than, you uh, have more than one car here's, wash? Here's... Yeah, there's two of them. Now, here's the deal with the other one. The new one, uh, <clears throat> I did not own the land. I paid to build the car wash. The guy owned the land. And what I did is I paid because I couldn't afford to do it all at the same time, buy the land and build the car wash. So over the years, I paid him for the land. So technically, you know, he holds the deed because it's his land. So technically, it wasn't oh, even considered mine even though my name was on, you know, the paperwork for the sales tax and everything. Well, I had to pay him off for the land before I could sell it. Then it became mine, right. and deed got put in my name, and then I could sell it. So I'm sorry if people were confused by that. It's, I was in a hurry last time I talked about it. But, yeah, that's no, no, how no, no, it no, no. So, I just thought you owned one car yeah. wash. I didn't know you owned two. No. So, are they, yeah, one was, two was called My Car Wash, right? Wasn't it called My Car Wash? Yeah, yeah both of them are, Bo yeah. I oh, mean, both, I, okay. For yeah, for a graphic artist who does artistic stuff, not real good at coming up with catchy names. <laughs> you know, so I just chose that. So, you know, I was like, okay, I've had enough, and I got him paid off, and I paid off all my soaps and everything because I still owed High Performance's company in Denver for these soaps. You know, they they just bill it out to you, and I was like, oh, crap, i got to get all this paid off. I want to go see my girlfriend. I want all this stuff gone. I sold right. everything, sold my Trans Am, sold my Honda, sold everything. And I packed up my stuff, and I got on the plane and went. And uh, so I'm sitting in Berlin, got my hot German girlfriend, and I'm thinking, you know what? It really sucks leaving America because, you know, I got family there. But then I thought about all the trouble in America and the economy, and I thought, you know what? I'm probably better off. And so yeah. she works at Simmons, and I thought, well, I can do something for them. You know, that's cool. I can... You know, the money I put away and pay bills off, I still got enough left that I don't need to work, but I know better than to just sit on my butt and do nothing because whatever money you have left, you'll start spending it. So mm -hmm. I thought, yeah, I'll just go to work with her. And uh, she works in the warranty division handling uh, replacements 
for controllers, specifically the SCADA controller, you know, that caused all the trouble at Fukushima, but she also yeah. does hydraulic uh, replacement uh, pumps and things like that uh, on Airbus and uh, other planes. And she goes, yeah, we, we can do that. That's great. And I thought, man, I get to travel all over. This is cool. So that's what I have been doing for the last 18 months, almost two years, and just had a lot of fun going all over the place. You know, we went to Paris and <clears throat> worked on the Airbus there. And then we went to Japan because sometimes we didn't just work on contracts for warranty for Airbus. A lot of times airlines would call and say, listen, we got this stupid thing in the hangar. It's leaking all over. This is under warranty. And Simmons yeah. would text us and say, you've got to go to airline such and such. We're sending the, the part there directly. And it was fun. I mean, get to go all over, meet all these people. Yeah, sounds different, cool as well. uh, You know, eat in all these countries. I've been all over the world. I didn't stay in one spot to 18 months. It was just incredible uh, to yeah. be able to go everywhere. Now, the trouble that started, <clears throat> that ended up with me coming back here, started last October, and we had gotten back to Berlin from Paris. We had worked on uh, um, Airbus, and then Air France had an aircraft at their hangar that had a problem. And uh, there's this old French guy. He was really nice. He was a supervisor. And uh, he, what he told me was the first indication there was something hinky going on. And he walks up, and he goes, are you the American? And I said, yeah. And I thought, oh, crap, they want to check my passport or ID or whatever, make sure I'm supposed yeah. to be here and I'm the right guy. And he says, well, you know, not to freak you out or anything, but he says, do you know that they're getting ready to send Americans back to the United States? And I said, why? Is there a terrorist threat against Americans? And he says, I don't know. He says, they won't tell me. He says, uh, G-I-G-N uh, is uh, preparing for something. You know, that's the French Special Forces. And, uh, this was in October? Yeah, this was in October. Yeah. Okay. Of last year. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying uh, to get I the said, timeline right because all this pandemic shit didn't start till like April or in May, right. you know, in March or April. Go yeah. on. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, thanks for telling me. I said, it's nice to know. And you have to understand when you're overseas and you're an American, you can be a target of any number of groups or psychos. I mean, they oh, just target yeah, Americans yeah. right and left. So yeah, I, I lived in Britain for a while, and they told us we should wear a hat, you know, not to wear baseball caps at all, because that means that shows that right. you're an American pretty much. And also they were like, yeah. if you can, put a Canadian flag on your backpack if you're backpacking around. Exactly. So if people never hear you, they think you're Ameri Canadian. Yeah, never have an American flag in some of these countries, because some people will come after you just for having that on your jacket or your hat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And. So I was like, well, okay, you know, there's always terrorist threats. Heck, I get them on, on my phone from the State Department. I'm signed up for alerts, and I get them all the time. And there's a lot of alerts in Berlin. We have to be very careful because there's so many Muslims there. Uh, you have to be careful what, you know, place you stop in at to grab something to eat because you never know who's in there. And there's always trouble in Berlin. Uh, my girlfriend's dad's in uh, German police intelligence, and he says, you watch your mouth and you watch what you do when you're out there. Because he said, these Muslims, they'll come up, and if they recognize you're an American, they'll start a fight. And he says, you are no match for 10 or 20 of them. He says, keep your mouth shut and keep walking. And he says, find the first cop you can if, you're, if you and, and, and uh, Gretchen are getting followed. He says, you go right to a cop. He says, don't you dare try to start a fight with them or confront them. Because he said, right, right. we've had people killed doing that. Don't ever do it. So I was like, okay. 
And I'm going through all this in my head, and I'm like, wow, I mean, are we going to, you know, take a hit here? Are we going to see another terrorist attack? I mean, what? So we got the contract almost done. We have two aircraft left to do, and the supervisor for um, uh, Air France comes up, and uh, he says, guys, he says, I'm going to have to ask you to shut down and leave early. He says, you got to go home. And I said, is there, is there trouble here in France? And he says, well, you know, we got the yellow vest and all that stuff. But he says, That's, he says that doesn't affect you as an American. He says, no. He says, no. Um, <clears throat> he says, we're not sure. He says, we were told to send all people uh, from Germany back home to German, Germany. He says, you two right now are the only ones here. Um, he says, do you know if any of your other people are here? And I said, well, Simmons has a contract for one of your nuclear reactors. And there is some work going on over there with uh, electronic relays. And I said, but they're separate from us. They did not fly in with us. I don't even know their names. But I said, yeah. uh, you can contact your agency and find out. And he says, okay. He says, I'll find out. But he says, I'm sorry. He says, I just need to send you guys home early. And I said, are we going to get paid for this? Because I said, we don't work hourly. We work on contract. And he says, oh, no, don't worry. You're going to get paid. Uh, he says, right. even though you got to go home early, we know you got rent to pay and everything. He says, you will get paid. This is on us. <clears throat> we're the ones making the decision, not the German government. So he says, you're fine. So we were kind of dismayed because we like to finish work, and nobody likes to walk away and leave a job half done. You know, you're thinking, my God, this is an aircraft, not somebody's lawn you couldn't mow because it rained, you know, and you're thinking, damn, yeah, I don't yeah. want to leave and leave these damn parts. But whatever was going on, they were obviously pretty worried about it. So we took the rental car back to Charles de Gaulle, got on the plane, hauled butt back to Berlin, and uh, met at the airport by my future father-in-law. And he goes, let's go get in the car. Well, if he's going to show up at the airport, he's police intelligence. You know something's going on. And uh, all the way back to our apartment, he kept saying, whatever you guys do, he says, you stay home. He says, you'll get paid for the Airbus and Air France contract. He, uh, he says, it may take a while. He says, if you need any money before then, he says, I'll take care of it. But he says, I want you guys to stay home. And I thought, oh, God, there's a terrorist attack coming, and they know it. They just can't say anything for sure. So right. we got home, and we spent the time just surfing the net. We were looking for things, anything that would tell us something was going on. And there's the usual Trump this and Macron this and Boris you know, Johnson this. And we're like, there's yeah. nothing. There's not even a rumor on the Internet. What in the heck? You know, usually Alex Jones has got something, or Jeff Rents, or somebody's got something. You know, oh, a rumor going around. You know, the military's on high alert. Not a thing. So we just sat there, and we spent the next couple of weeks just hanging out, just eating dinner and having a good old time. And uh, this guy comes to the door, knocks on the door, and, and I go in and answer the door. And, and uh, he's with the State Department. And uh, he says, are you an American? I said, yeah. And uh, he looks at his paper, and he says, William Zabel. And I said, yes, sir. And he says, may I see your passport? So I invited him in. I went up, got my passport. And uh, he says, have you been informed uh, about uh, the possibility of going back to America? And I said, sir, as I said, is it absolutely necessary? I said, I will sign off liability if you want. I said, I I'm not afraid of a terrorist attack. I said, yeah, can they you know, make you? I guess I the German would, government might be able to expel you or something, right? But, like, how the fuck yeah, can they make you yeah. go back to America? It doesn't make any sense. But, yeah. all right, go on. Yeah. And uh, so I said, I'm willing to sign any kind of waiver. I said, I want to stay here. I can get my German citizenship in another six months. I want to stay. 
And he says, I'm afraid this is going to be forced. And I said, is there anybody I can appeal to? And he says, right now this is a national emergency. And he says, the president himself wants everyone home. And I said, and this is in can October? you tell me this is in October okay. of last year? All right, all right. Go and on. I said, and I said, is it anything specific to me, or is it all Americans? I said, I'm a pretty controversial character. I said, I right. protest yeah, yeah, the I government. Thought, yeah, I do a lot. Yeah. I do a lot of things. And I said, did I make somebody mad? I said, I am willing to talk to whoever this person is and say, you know, uh, <laughs> what I do is freedom of speech in America. You know, please don't send me back to the U.S. because I have not right. committed a crime. And he said, no, it's not you. It's everybody who's here who's an American. And he says the only exception is those here working directly for the U.S. government or on contract to the U.S. government. He says civilians have to go home. So I was like, okay. And um, uh talked to my future father-in-law, and I said, what do you think? And he says, Bill, don't push it. He said, these guys, he says, they'll go right to our border patrol, and they'll say, you got to go. And they'll revoke, uh, have us revoke your visa, and that'll be the end of it. He says, don't push it, because he says, if you get your visa revoked, you might not be able to come back. So yeah. he says, just go home. Whatever this is will probably be over real soon, and then you can come back. And he says, it'll all be cleared up. He says, this is probably some some Trump thing. He says, he's, he says the guy's paranoid. He probably thinks the Democrats are going to blow him and the White House and everything up and take out Americans and overseas or whatever. He says, God only knows what he's thinking. He says, just, yeah. he says, you're, he says, you can come back. Don't worry about it. So, okay. you know, my girlfriend and I sit there and we're like, oh crap, you know, and all this. And it's like, oh my God. So we, uh, we're sitting there and we decide, you know what, we got to go out and eat. We got to have a good time one more time. So we went to a good old-fashioned German disco. Yes, they still have discos in Germany. Oh, good old-fashioned nice. ones. And right. uh, we danced the night away, and we drank, and we had a good old time. And uh, I was like, man, I'm going to miss this. I, I can't even handle being away from her in Germany for more than a week, you know, and I'm huh. freaking out. Sitting here yeah. at home in Colorado going, Trump, you mother – you, you know – can it's like I can hear I can hear Lee Harvey Oswald's voice calling from me to me from the oh, grave. Don't say anything you like that. Don't do get me it. in trouble now, Bill. Don't, <laughs> okay. don't, no, 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 just don't, kidding. Just, don't get me in any trouble here. Come on. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> and uh, so we were <clears throat> leaving, and this guy walks up and he goes, uh, "Are you one of the Americans that has to leave?" And I said, "Yeah, it sucks." I said, "Damn Trump, damn the United States government, I'm so sick of their crap." He says, "Come on." He says, "I got somebody you want to meet." And I thought, "Oh, somebody who knows more about this than I do." Thank God. Right. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. he introduced me to this like super geek. This guy makes me look like I don't know anything about computers. This guy's got like a master's degree in computer science. And. Uh, he says, have they told you why they're sending you home? And I said, no, and it's making me very mad. He says, don't go home. I said, I got to. I said, I was pretty much told if I didn't go home, I would uh, be forced to go home. And uh, the agent that, from the uh, State Department that was there, he, said, he made it very clear. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll force me to go. So I told this yeah, guy yeah. that. He says, no. He says, something else is going on. He says, this is not a typical terrorist attack. He says, come with me. He says, I want you to come to my apartment. I want to show you something. And he said, oh, Jesus. 
he says, he says, I'm above board. He says, I'm not a nut. He says, um, I, I've heard a little bit about you. He says, are you a political science major? And I said, no, I just took classes in college, but my thing is I'm really an alt-media conspiracy type. I said, I'm not a political science strategist or anything like that, so I don't know what you've heard. And he says, he says all I know is that you're on the Internet, lots of people know about you, and he says, I'm trying to contact as many Americans as possible. He says, um, he says the only way I found you was, he, said to, he says, I have people that know everyone in the government, and they said, oh, there's this American William Zabel. He says he's with this German girl. He works at Simmons, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, he yeah, says, yeah. Uh, I just cast around until I could find you. He says, please just listen to me. He says, you're the type that will listen before anybody else from America will. He says, he says you do all this stuff and all this dark world stuff. He says, you know more about this than I do. And uh, so we went back to his apartment. I thought, oh, God, what does he know? I mean, is this guy like some yeah, kind of yeah. Edwards? Wow, my this thinking is dramatic. Is, my, yeah, my thinking is, what if this guy's like some kind of Snowden and Germany's going to burst in the door any minute and yeah, arrest yeah. us all for having information we shouldn't have? You know, wow, I was afraid, Jesus. God, if well, he shows us. what are you getting involved in? I, <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, oh, God, if he shows us something we're not supposed to see, we'll all go to prison. So... Um, he brought up a video, and at the beginning of the video, there were a lot of Americans uh, talking, and uh, they had a podium, and they had a couple long tables. Um, I didn't recognize any of the people in the video, but there were definitely some foreigners in the video, but most of them were American. And um, the man running the whole show in the, in the video says, I need everyone to come to attention. And he starts off, and he goes, now – he says, as you know, we've done the tabletop exercise uh, for this uh, operation, and he says, now we're going to go to a live exercise. And my brain is starting to function, and it's going, oh, God, 911. They were doing drills on 911. Oh, God, we've got another terrorist attack coming, and I'm seeing it before it's happening. And I'm like, you know what? Even as a conspiracy nut, I'm still obligated as an American citizen and a German H-1B visa worker to notify yeah. the government, oh, my God, this guy's got information on a terrorist attack. I am not going to ignore something, you know, that's going to result in a crime. And I told him, I said, right. what is this? He says, just watch. He says, just watch. And he, and they, he came up to the podium, and he says, now, he says, we are going to be doing the live exercise for Event 201. And I'm like, Event 201? Event? What event? So I started listening to this. He starts going into this pandemic drill that they're doing, mm -hmm. and he starts talking about this. And I'm looking at this guy, and this guy says, keep watching it. He says, listen to every word he says. These guys were in New York City. They were at the emergency bunker with Bill de Blasio. And they're How talking the fuck about did this guy in this video? Uh, I don't know. He said – I, I asked him, I said, how did you get it? And he says, it was given to me. And he says, I can't tell you. He says, I'm not supposed to have it. And he says, the guy who gave it to me, he says, can go to jail for 20 years for get, uh, handing this thing out. And he says, I want you to know what they are doing. And he says, they may be trying to get you home to get you into the middle of something. And he says, please, he says, stay here. He says, find a way to stay here. But he says, keep watching the video. Oh, my Pompeo comes on, and Mike Pompeo starts talking about this, and he says, we will be doing this live exercise 
between several units in the United States as well as units in Great Britain, Germany, and Wuhan, China. Wow. Okay. Uh-oh. He goes. Yeah. He starts going into this, and he says, "What we're going to do is we're going to be simulating a biological attack." And he says, "We are going to need to see the response of all units involved. If they're organized enough to respond, if they have the necessary assets to respond." Now he says, "You will be seeing a lot of this in the media." He says, "We have included the media in this." but the media will not come into play until later in the exercise. And somebody says, uh, Mr. Pompeo, when will that be? He says, uh, right now we're tentatively looking at January to February, maybe March. So he says it won't be this year, it will be next year. And a lady says, do you know how long this exercise is going to go? He says, I do not know. He says, I am just relaying the information uh, from the CDC and the WHO. He says they are going to be the ones, along with John Hopkins running this, He says the CIA at this point just has local operational control. That's all we have. He says we do not uh, have anything to do with the length or duration of this exercise. And I'm watching this, and I'm going, oh, my God, they're going to release a bioweapon, and then they're going to blame it on Assad in Syria, or they're going to blame it on Putin. Oh, I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, we're screwed. These idiots are going to do another 911, and I'm like, oh, my God. And uh, Pompeo released the podium to a guy from uh, China, and he was Chinese military, but he spoke English real well. And he said, in my sector at home, he says, we will be running the Chinese version of this live exercise. He says, we will be simulating an accidental release of a bioweapon. He says, we will need to see your reaction in the media. He says, we will need to see reaction from your agencies. Now, he says, as Mr. Pompeo said, the media will not come in until later. So he says, make a notation now to observe this later with the media when they do come into this. He says, right now, we just need your cooperation for you to observe us to see how we react to it. We will observe you to see how you react to it so that we can determine if we have the necessary resources to handle a biological release. Okay. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, let's hope to God that this is just another like active shooter drill that doesn't go live. Let's hope this is just another one of their exercises. I mean, they do hundreds of them a year and I'm thinking, Oh, please, please don't let this be live. Please don't, you know, cause I'm sitting here and I'm watching a video that nobody's seen. Now the edited, edited, part of that video made it on YouTube called Event 201, but you notice there's lots of cuts in it. They took out Mike Pompeo, and they took out the guy from China, but they left everyone else in. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'll so look that up. So at that point, yeah, yeah, look that up. You'll, you'll, you'll see all the people talking about it and talking about what they need to do, asking questions and okay, everything. Okay. And, uh, all right, I found so you out see the, the video, guy, and what happens? Yeah. What happens? Uh, uh, I told him, I said, do you think that they might take this live? And he says, you know, he says, we all know about 911. He says, I'm afraid they're up to something. He says, as you know, he says, the economies are not as great as they say. He says, maybe they're trying to cover for an economic collapse. He says, maybe they're trying to do something else. And a girlfriend says, what about the uh, global currency they want? She goes, could they be trying to do this to slap down the economy so they can do that? He says, anything's possible at this point. He says, I don't know. 
But he says, this bothers me. He says, I remember your 911 very well. He says, I know what your researchers came up with. And he says, I don't like them doing these exercises. He says, any one of these could go live and get a bunch of people killed. And then they blame somebody who doesn't even know what in the world was going on. Right, right, right. And I, and I said, okay. I said, why do you think I would be more in danger going home? They're doing the exercise here in Germany too. And he says, all I know is that my contact said Americans should not go home if they don't if they are not forced to if they can find a way not to go home not to do it, and I said, yeah. do you think we should stay here in Berlin? And he says, no, 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 no. He says, I'll find you. He says, you got to get out of Berlin. He says, he says, do you know that your government is represented here? And I said, oh yeah. I said, there's a huge building downtown Berlin that's all American <laughs> government. Every agency in the U.S. government is represented there. Everything, yeah. USDA, FBI, CIA, everyone's there. So I said, yeah, yeah I know. I, I got to get going. <laughs> yeah, they've even got the USDA. They've got NASA. They've got everything represented in Germany. Everything's there. Weird. Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. See, what are you going to go on the run now? What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? Yeah. So anyways, um, I talked to him, and I said, is there – is you know is there anywhere I can we can just hang out and maybe hide maybe stay with somebody that will you know until this blows over and he says I do know somebody um, he says let me call he says he's got other people staying with him and he says you know you know uh, they're all German or Polish and things like that he says let me see if he'll take an American um, he says and I said why you got Germans in 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 Poles and he says well this place is in Poland. And he says there are, are people from Poland and Germany hiding out with him, too. He says uh, a lot of these people are scared. And I said, so more people know about this than you and I? And he says, oh, yeah, Mr. Zabel, lots of people know in, in, in my area. Um, I said, you're not like with QAnon or one of those, are you? And he goes, no. He says, believe me. He says, everything I'm giving you is the truth. He says, this is all straight from government sources. And he says, you know, he says, I like you Americans. He says, you come over here. He says, you spend money. He says, you love to party, he says, you're nice to us. And he says, I, I want to help. He says, I'm scared for my own people, too. He says, I'm scared for my family. He says, I'm scared for Germany. He says, who knows what these psychos are up to now? And uh, so uh, we finished watching the video because the last part of the video was all technical stuff. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. they did mention in the video aerosols. They did mention that towards the end yeah. of the video uh, from a technical standpoint. So – if COVID-19 is what they were working on then, if that's what their drill exercise was, then there's a possibility this thing was sprayed on people. This was aerosolized. That was the <coughs> excuse me the the theories that I heard later was that this was aerosolized. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So anyways, um, he goes outside. He gets on his phone. Uh, but about 20 minutes later, he was on the phone for a long time. He comes back about 20 minutes later. He says, good luck. He says, yeah. He says, uh, we, can, we can get you up there, but you're going to have to go to Poland. I said, can I get across the border? I said, with everything that's going on, he says, yeah, we'll get you across the border. He says, don't worry about that. So <laughs> we decided you the border. This, yeah. So anyways, at that point, we decide we're going to go home. Uh, I, I called you know, my future father-in-law, and I said, you got to come over. I said, I'm not talking about this on the phone. Come over. And I started talking to him, and he goes, oh, he goes, oh, God damn it. He says, your government's going to do it again. He says, oh, Jesus. And I said, do you know that they're doing this here? He says, they're doing a dr tabletop drill down at city center where 
the police headquarters is. He says, they're doing it right now. I said, right now? He says, yeah, they've been doing it for the past two days. Uh, I said, oh, geez. And I said, do you think I should go? And he says, if you do, he says, you, he says you're going to have to run for quite a while. He says, believe me, because he says they won't like it if you take off. But he oh, says, Jesus. if you think you need but he says, if you think you need to, I said, I don't like what this Polish guy was telling me. This guy was, you know, uh, a Polish German, I think, a German Polish or something. He was a combination yeah. of both. He lived in Germany, but I think he was Polish. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I told him, I said, I said, this guy lives in Germany, but I think he's Polish. He's got friends up there. I said, do you think we should go? And he says, if he thinks your life's in danger by going home, he said, go. He says, it's up to you. But he says, I can guarantee you, he says, at that point, he says, the U.S. government's really going to be after your hide. And he says, they could pull your passport. They can make sure you never travel again. But he says, if you think you need to go, go. And uh, so, you know, I was talking to Gretchen about it. And uh, we were saying, well, what are we going to do? I said, how are we going to get back together? And she goes, I'm going with you. She goes, I'm not staying here if they're doing that exercise here. And she tried to talk her dad into going with us, and he's like, no. He says, "Uh, I've got a career in law enforcement here. He says, i got people to protect. He says, I'm not going to go. He says, whatever the Americans are doing in conjunction with my government, if it goes bad and I survive it, he says, I'll be be right there with you yelling and screaming and protesting. You're like practically an international fugitive at this point. All right. Yeah. Um, So we decide we're going to go. That's it. So this guy came and got us, this uh, Polish guy living in Germany, had a BMW, and he drove us up to the border checkpoint. And I said, dude, I said, there's a good chance they're not going to let us through. He says, they, I said, the State Department want me back in the U.S. And he says, just watch. And uh, he gets out of the car and he walks up and talks to the, the, uh, the Polish guy from the Polish side of the border. He talks to the German guy. And there was some other guy there that – I don't know who the hell he was. He didn't appear German or Polish. I don't know. He looked Eastern European from somewhere else. I don't know if Russian yeah, or yeah. what he was, but he was the, kind of the guy making the decisions. And they come up and look in the window, and he goes, uh, you American? I said, yeah, I'm American. And uh, he says, uh, you worried about this thing going on in America and Germany? I said, oh, yeah. I said, listen, I said, if you don't want to let me across the border, I understand. I said, believe me. I said, I know the U.S. government's a pain in the butt. I said, I apologize for my government. I know there's more trouble than there were sometimes. He says, no, 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 we're going to let you cross. Don't worry about it. He says, we've let plenty of people cross already. Um, He says, just be very discreet while you're in Poland. He says, uh, be very careful who you talk to. Uh, He says, lots of Americans there, uh, especially from your military. So he says, be very careful. He says, uh, you will be staying at a farmhouse with others, and uh, he says, uh, try to have somebody else go into town if you need something. He says uh, they might get a little bit suspicious. They keep seeing Americans come into town from the country. He says they might suspect mm-hmm. something. I said, okay. Um, so they wanted to look at the car, and they wanted to look at the trunk and everything. And, you know, they used one of those hand wands on both of us to make sure we didn't have guns or anything. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they stamped our passports. They went ahead and stamped both our passports. So officially we got into Poland. We didn't have to. Okay. You know, so, I mean, the United States government was probably a little bit peeved, but uh, the Poles let us in and the Germans let us out. So, you know, it was all on them now. It wasn't on me. Yeah. Um, so we're, you know, we get to this farmhouse and we're, we're out in the country, but we're pretty close to the U.S. military, wherever their facility is, uh, to the northwest of us because we could hear the jets 
all day yeah. and all night. They, they're, they're flying those jets. They, they like pissing off the Russians. They fly close to the border, and they get those fighter jets up there, and they try to get the Russians to chase them. And that's what we okay. learned from being up there is they get the Russians to chase them into, into Polish airspace, and then the Russians realize they're in trouble and turn around. And while we were there, the, the rumor mill was just – it was just unbelievable. You couldn't even keep up with the rumors. The rumor yeah. has it they were going to spread a bioweapon that was going to kill millions, maybe even billions of people. Other rumors was, no, no, it's the bio bioweapon thing is just a cover for a, a big terrorist attack that might include a nuke. It was just going crazy. We were doing everything we could to try and sort stuff out. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And what, what's the time frame on we, this? Where, where are we at now? Where, where, oh, we're, we're that, you know, like. we're, we're, we're up to uh, Christmas now. We're, we're up to Christmas. Okay. We've been there a long time. Okay. And, uh, you know, you know, the, the polls are very nice and there are a lot of nice people around the world. And you'll find out that Americans aren't the only conspiracy nuts. Europeans have lived through conspiracies for hundreds oh, of yeah, years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundreds of years, thousands you of know. years, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so they, they know, they know this stuff better than Americans do, you know. And uh, the, the poll was telling me, he says, um, he says, you know, he says, I, I've heard that you do a lot of the conspiracy stuff. And I said, well, yeah. He says, do you know the guys uh, down there in uh, Turkey are talking about you? And I said, oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew about Turkey. <laughs> I said, I can tell you about Turkey. Uh, and let's, if you don't mind, let's offshoot to Turkey a little bit because I don't know if I told you about this. Kind of okay, we'll offshoot to Turkey. I have many questions about this. We haven't even got you back here in America yet, but all right. Well, let's offshoot to right. Turkey. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow okay. it. Okay, okay, <laughs> my, my, my big mouth gets heard everywhere, and I'm amazed that when I went to Germany the first time in 2015, we stopped in, in Turkey. They had a uh, – you don't fly directly. You, you always have connecting flights. So we stopped in Turkey. We're in Istanbul. And I'm sitting there in the waiting room, and these Turkish military officers are looking at me. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm an American. I know what Tur Turkey's reputation is like. Oh, God, I'm going to end up in one of those prisons like you saw in that movie back in the 70s. Turkish prison, that movie yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, God. Yeah. yeah, and I'm thinking, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And this guy walks up, and he goes, um, uh, you're from America, right? And I, I go, yes. And he goes, uh, uh, he says, you on talk radio a lot. He goes, you, you, you talk about conspiracies. And I said, yes, sir. He goes, oh, Jesus, has he uh, heard you he on says, our show? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Right. But he goes, uh, he goes, uh, you, Zabel. And I go, yeah, you can pronounce it anyway. It's Zabel or Zabel. I said, yeah, I'm him, William Zabel. He goes, ah, he goes, I know about you. He says, we listen to Worldwide Christian Radio because before I was on your show, I was on Worldwide Christian Radio talking about Columbine. And that goes yeah, worldwide. Yeah. Everywhere in the everybody in the world hears that. And he goes, Oh yeah. He calls the guys over, he goes, Yeah, this is a guy, this is a guy. And he goes he goes, The government really do that? And I said, Oh yeah. I said, The government's done a lot of horrible things in America. He says, We know. He says, We know. He says, Turkey not innocent either. He says, We do things too over here. He says, Believe me. He says, We do very yeah. bad things over here. He says, Believe me, we know. He says, That's why we could sympathize with you. Because we, we've yeah. seen this ourselves, these kinds of things. And uh, he says, uh, how long are you here? And I said, i got a three-hour layover. He says, ah, he says, you've got to see Istanbul. He says, you've got to see Istanbul. I said, uh, okay. So they got me a car. 
and let me drive. And you're not supposed to go out of those international waiting rooms. If yeah, not, why if would you even do that, dude? I wouldn't even do that because you got to like <laughs> – <laughs> Jesus, dude. The chances of you missing your flight trying to get back in and through all the shit is – Oh, Bill, what are you yeah. doing? All right, so yeah. you went out. And, yeah, so, <laughs> so I, was, you went I out, was out you, for just a, You left the airport. Yeah. yeah, I was out for about an hour, and I didn't go too far, but I looked at the ocean, and I looked at some of the, you know, the structures and everything, and it was just beautiful. I loved Istanbul. The people were nice. They see you're American. They go, hi, America, you know, and they were real nice. People were nice, and I was like, oh, this is great, and I thought, well, you know, i got to get back. I can't do this too long if I miss my flight. Right, right. So I got back. <laughs> and I pulled up to the gate, and I told him who I was. And he goes, oh, yeah, we know you. He says, come on in. And I parked uh, the car, and then uh, one of the security people led me up to the second floor of the outer terminal, and he checked my passport when I came in. He goes, yeah. He says, you go back to the international waiting room right down there. And I went back there, and uh, I got on the flight, and the connecting flight from Istanbul to Germany was KLM. It's United Airlines, but KLM runs it. And I don't even remember yeah. where KLM's from. Is that like Dutch or something like that? I can't remember now. I'm not and, sure. Uh, I get on there. On. Yeah. And so I get on my flight, and there's other people uh, on the flight. They're going, man, you actually got to go out in Istanbul? And I said, yeah. And they said, man, that, no, they never let anybody out of the international waiting room. And I said, I know. I said, I don't know what the hell this was about. And uh, yeah, a, flight attendant comes, a flight attendant comes up, and I thought she was going to ask me if I want something to drink. And she goes, are you William Zabel? And I'm like, oh, God, am I famous? Holy crap. You know, Jesus and I Christ, said, yeah, Bill. So, yeah, everybody seems to know yeah, you here. And, All right. And she's, uh, she's Turkish. And uh, they got the Turkish flight crews and flight attendants are the best in the world compared to Americans. Trust me. They will feed you like you've never been fed anywhere on any airplane in your life. These guys are incredible. And uh, they uh, – she says uh, – yeah, and I said, yeah, and she goes, wow, uh, and she's just like totally beside herself, and she goes, oh, yeah, she goes, we all listen to Worldwide Christian Radio, she goes, Turkey's not just Muslims, Mr. Zabel, she goes, we got Christians here, we got Jews here, we got Hindus and Buddhists here, and she goes, Worldwide Christian Radio is the only way we get real news from outside of Turkey, she goes, that's the only way we can get it is on Worldwide Christian Radio, I said, what about CNN, and she goes, eh, CNN, she goes, eh, she goes, that's just a soap opera for American politicians. She goes, that's nothing. <laughs> and uh, so I, that was pretty enjoyable. But anyways, I thought I would mention that. I, I thought it was kind okay. of a neat thing to mention. You know, cause, All right. It's you know, very when I was weird. First, yeah. Uh, first, uh, first approach by this turkey soldier, I was like, oh, God, I'm going to, you know, and I can't, oh, Midnight, was it, um, God, what was that movie in the early 70s where that guy got thrown in the Turkish prison because he had drugs or something? And I can't remember now. Yeah, I don't know the name of it, but yeah, yeah, I know what you're yeah, saying. But anyways, All right, so, okay, so let's anyways, get back to Poland now. So we're, we're at okay, Christmas so time back, in Poland, and what, yeah. and what, yeah, so what, what's going on here now? We're, we've, we're back from the um, Turkey side. Thing. Right. So we're, it's Christmas okay, time in and, Poland. Midnight Express okay, is the movie. Christmas, Midnight Express. Yeah, Midnight Express, exactly, yeah. Anyways, uh, you know, we're going through all these different theories and ideas that uh, might be going on, and one of the guys that was staying there um, he, he says, uh, how many Americans are here? And there's like six of us that raise our hands. And he says, uh, you guys got to know. He says, they're uh, looking for Americans up here. And we're like, oh, Jeez God, you've got to be kidding me. It's like, can, yeah. we, can I ever just get a break? Can I ever just get a break here, you know? It's like, oh, my yeah. God. So, uh, you know, we, we're 
going through all this, and, you know, we're starting to hear a, a lot of stuff from the Europeans, and we're staying at the farm. We're trying to stay out of town. We don't want to go into town. We don't want to deal with getting caught. And uh, we're hearing stuff from more and more people that are stopping by the farmhouse. There was people that were coming in. There's not enough room for them, so they take them to some other people's place to stay. And they're all saying the same thing. Something big is coming. Something big is coming. There's talks of biological attack. Um, you got to beware. There's something going on. Well, I found out that a lot of businesses in America uh, that deal with the military and things like that, they were sending secretly sending employees home. And in yeah. Europe, where American civilians were working, uh, all of those people who were Americans got sent back to, to America, except for the ones like me, decided to run. And uh, I heard from a friend of mine, and uh, she works uh, for Goodwill. And she goes, Bill, what the hell are you doing? I go, I'm in Poland. Please don't say anything. I said, oh, God, I shouldn't even be talking to you. But, you know, and we're talking on Skype on the Internet. And she goes, Bill, they're shutting down everything here in America. And I said, what? She goes, yeah. She goes, we got shut down. <clears throat> she says, we were told to go home. She goes, they shut us down. And she goes, the charity down the street that helps out uh, families that are low income that get USDA food, they shut them down too. She goes, Bill, what the hell is this? And I said, all I've heard is the possibility of a biological attack. And she goes, another 911. And she goes, that, I said, that's what everyone over here is thinking, another 911. And she goes, oh, my God. She goes, I can't believe it. She goes, why are they shutting down the charities? And I said, well, that's because a lot of that has to do with the government, for one thing, and that the government is going to pull all of its resources into, into the military spending and into military operations. They're going to shut down these USDA food banks and stuff. Sure yeah. enough, I found out uh, that they were shutting this stuff down all over, going clear back in December. They were shutting this stuff down nationwide in America. So okay, okay. anyways, I get done conversing with her, and we go on. We have a Christmas. We have a New Year. We're not really hearing too much. Then in January, that's when the rumors started in America. You know, oh, right. uh, COVID-19 in, in uh, China. And we right, were right. Well, they weren't rumors. The... That was actually news. It was like, yeah. People were barely talking about it, but it was starting to – yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And but you know and nobody really knew in the beginning. They didn't know. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. This nobody knew. Was. Nobody knew what the hell. Yeah. yeah. Nobody. I mean, yeah. the average person, the folks listening, me, you know, all of us were, you know, we were kind of hearing about oh, there's some kind of thing going on in China. I hope it, you know, yeah. I hope it doesn't turn into a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who the fuck knew? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. So 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 this the pandemic is starting in January, right? So and you're yeah. hearing about yeah. it now, and you're in Poland, and so now what? Yeah. At this point, uh, you know, a lot of people were getting concerned because they're like, <clears throat> you know, if this is a bioweapon, there's lots of helicopters flying overhead all the time. Everyone over there in Europe knows about chemtrails and things like that. And yep. people don't want to go outside. They're like, man, if we go outside, what if they spray us? What if, you know? And so people are yeah, getting yeah. paranoid. They want to stay inside. Well, you live in an eight-room farmhouse with 18 people and see if you don't go nuts, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's not fun, you know, especially when yeah, some yeah, of them yeah. can't like speak show their language. Yeah, yeah, it's like a reality show without all the cameras. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, you know, we're just hunkering down and hunkering down, and, and uh, we kept watching the American media as this thing began to grow, and it began to grow. And finally in March, uh, 
in Poland, they the, the the people kept coming by and saying, "You guys have got to be careful." They know yeah, where yeah, yeah. some Americans are, and I'm like, "Oh God, they better not find me." They did. I oh, went boy. outside, and and a Humvee drives up, and there's a guy in camouflage, and there's a guy in Jesus. just. Um, you know, he's uh, not in a three-piece suit, but you can tell he's official U.S. government. Yeah. And he walks up, and he goes, uh, are you an American citizen? I said, yes, sir, I am. He says, how long have you been here? And I said, well, quite some time. I said, you know, since last year. And uh, he says, can I see your passport? And I said, yeah. So I went inside and got the passport. And uh, he had the guy call it in on the radio, and he comes back. He says, uh, Mr. Zabel, you know you were told to go home. You, you knew you had to go home. I said, yes, sir. I said, we're worried. I said, we're not sure what this COVID-19 is. We're thinking it's a bioweapon, and we're afraid us as Americans, maybe even my German girlfriend and others are targeted. I said, I would love to cooperate, but I said, sir, with all due respect, I said, I'm a little bit paranoid of my government right now. And I said, I don't mean to insult you personally. And I try to be diplomatic because I know not everybody in government knows what's going on. Most people are just paper pushers and bureaucrats, and I'm trying to be nice. And he goes, listen, he goes, we know that it's a bioweapon. But he says, Americans are not being specifically targeted. He says the original information we thought we could be targeted, but he said this is a worldwide pandemic now. He says it's not just Americans. So he says whatever paranoia you had that you were being targeted as America, forget it. He says everyone's got this thing. And he says I really need you to come with me. He says the guy there in camouflage, he says if you don't go, he says he's going to arrest you. Then he says, you'll never be able to come back to Europe. So he says, please. He says, just for the sake. He says, this thing will be over very soon. He says, we are working on it. He says, there's lots of governments around the world working on it. He says, you will be able to come back to Germany. He says, I've talked to the German officials. People like you here. He says, you're not a troublemaker. He says, you are welcome here anytime. But he says, we need to get you home. And I said, sir, with all due respect, if I'm not being targeted as an American citizen, why do I need to go home? He says, because the president ordered it. And he says, I am under orders from the president of the United States directly. All Americans have to come home. Yeah. And I said, okay. And uh, so I grabbed my suitcase and, you know, I talked to my girlfriend for a little bit. And I said, I'm sorry about this. I said, I don't want to get you in trouble. I don't want to get your dad in trouble. I said, uh, I'll be back. I said, uh, I'll get back here. I said, we'll figure out what's going on at home, and then, you know, I'll get back. So Love finds a way. Anyways, yeah. So anyways, they flew me up to a, a base that they have there in Poland, and they put me on a flight. It was a, a Learjet. Uh, they flew me back to Berlin because uh, they had to process me through Berlin because that's the airport I came in on, and they had to process me through there, process me out. They put me on a <clears throat> Uh, uh, another airline, and I can't remember what it was. It was Dutch or something. Come to the United States. It was an Airbus 360. Yeah. It was the big one. And I can't right. remember the name of, of the airline. All I remember is I watched a movie coming home called Ready Player One. That's all I remember. Yeah, Steven it's the Spielberg. Only, it's the only uh, just, movie just that was. Just for people wondering earlier, uh, KLM is uh, Dutch Royal Air. So. Dutch Royal Air. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, anyways, so you're on an airline uh, now, and you're, you're you're headed back to America. Yeah. And so when was this? What time a, of year? What what? How, where in the calendar? This was year March. Now? This was March. Okay. Yeah, this All was right. March of this year. And uh, this was uh, March 15th or 16th, something like that. And uh, yeah, it's March. There was about 200 of us on the plane. We were all Americans. Everybody on that plane were either Americans visiting Germany, or they were there on work visas. And nobody was very happy at all because all of them had done I what imagine. I did. They all decided to stay behind and got themselves in trouble. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so everybody was mad. They did, and uh, so they flew us back. <laughs> And they flew us to Washington D.C. And I'm like, really? We got to? You can't just fly, you know, and and drop us off at a central point, and then we take another flight home? No, we got to stop in Washington D.C. We've got to be cleared by the State Department to go home. Oh so they God. put us up in a hotel there, and uh, it's the Marriott courtyard. And everybody's like, why? Why do we got to be cleared? We're American citizens. They just let us out of the damn airport. They cleared us through customs. Now why do we have to be cleared by the State Department? Oh, they, they to wanted you to know what? No, no tests. Huh. Believe it or not, no tests. Yeah, Weird. no tests. Interesting, huh? Yeah. I thought we All would right, get so tested. I, that would be. That's where yeah. I thought this was going. Okay, so the, they clear you. The State Department, I, I assume, clears you, right? So. Yeah. So they're asking us questions. Why did we stay behind? And they they go into the whole gamut. They make it sound like you're a freaking terrorist. They want to know, do you know anybody that's anti-government? And I'm like, dude, you're staring at one right now. You know, <laughs> I didn't want to I didn't yeah, want to tell him that, but I I felt like saying it, dude. I am anti-government. I'm about as anti-government as you can get. And oh uh, so they ask us all these questions, and I said, no, I don't know any terrorist. I don't know anything like that. So they allow us to go ahead and get on the plane and go to our hometown, and I come back here, and I've got a friend, and, and he says, oh, he says, let's go find you a really cool apartment. I said, no, I'm not spending one freaking dime in this country. I'm going to come stay with you, and I will buy your groceries. <laughs> I will pay your utilities, but I am not paying one red cent to any landlord or business in this country unless I absolutely have to. I am pissed. And he goes, yeah. you're going to stay with me? And I said, you're damn right. I said, you owe me anyways. You know. All right. Because uh, uh, for years, I, I helped him when he was disabled. I paid his rent and everything. So he knows okay. he owed me. I'm just imagining his <laughs> surprise when he goes to get you at the airport, and you're like, yeah, I'm living with you now, bro. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's not real happy about that. And I'm like, and he goes, why don't you get your own apartment? I said, because uh, I am pissed at America. I'm pissed at the U.S. government. I'm not spending any more money here than I absolutely yeah. have to. Because I said, right, this right. freaking country will drain me dry if it can. So, All right. so that's now where you're... we end up. Okay. I've, I don't think I have ever had a guest <laughs> tell an hour-long story. But I, I absolutely – it's William Zabel, folks. This is, this is why he's a legend on, on Banal of America. Now, out of all of that, out of all of that, the most important question to me at first is you kept talking about Greta, Gretchen's father, calling him your future father-in-law. So mm-hmm. uh, what, what's going on there? Are you guys going to get married? Are you engaged? Oh, yeah. Is there going to be a wedding, oh, yeah. a Zabel wedding in the future? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. 
you need to get back to Germany then. Well, could she come here? Oh, yeah. No, they probably wouldn't let her, right? They wouldn't let her. Yeah. And no. do you know right now Americans cannot go to the EU? Did you know that? You can yeah, go I know. Else I can't, even, want, go to Canada. can't, go to can't even go to Canada. Yeah. So yeah. it's like do you, you can't see, go fucking anywhere. Yeah. Do you see what they are doing? They are locking Americans into the country. Right. They have turned America into one big prison, and they are the bubble, yeah. and we are the new prisoners. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty they hairy, man. So, they... Okay, well, that's good. So I'm happy on a personal level. I'm happy for you. This is good news. So I'm, I, yeah. I was afraid that this was gonna, there was going to be a breakup somewhere, but then you, you kept set calling Gretchen's dad your future father-in-law. So it's like, oh, shit, congratulations, yeah. Bill. I've, I've known her long enough. Yeah, I've known her long enough. We're not we can be separated by distance, but that ain't going to last for very long cuz like like I told people, if I I said if I have to go to Canada and walk across that border and pay somebody to put me on a private jet, I'll do it if I have to. I may there not be go. able to get out of America even on a private jet, but uh people don't know the kind of training that I have had. You know, I am not some city dweller. You know, I have taken yeah all these outdoor survival classes, everything under the sun. I, when I was in Germany, we walked everywhere. I've walked through the Black Forest, and nobody walks through the Black Forest. That has got such a bad reputation for people disappearing. Like here in America, you know, here, you hear people disappearing all the time in the national parks. Believe yeah, me, yeah. Black Forest, people in Germany are like, oh, no, Bill, no, no. Just go down the, walk, just go down the bike path. Don't go in there. And I'm like, no, I'm going to go in there. I want to see if the rumor is true. What's in there? Nothing. Yeah. I walked through there yeah, all yeah. night one night. I'm like, there's nothing here. <laughs> you know, what is it? Got a German Bigfoot I don't know about? You know, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm well. You know, you know, back in the back in the 80s, uh, I lived in L.A. for two years, and uh, uh, my girlfriend and I then we walked across the Mojave Desert. <laughs> really. Yeah, we walked all over. People do it all the time. They walk through the Mojave Desert. Everybody says, oh, my God, you'll die out there. No, you won't. they got water stations everywhere. You'll be fine. Just follow right, the path well, uh, and walk, there, don't and walk everywhere. Yeah. We don't want anyone necessarily taking that advice, so we'll just we'll add no, a No, don't, don't go, don't, <laughs> I don't, don't go, don't go. don't go. Because somebody tried to walk across the Mojave Desert because they yeah. heard it on this don't, show. Don't, so. don't, go, don't, go, don't go off the beaten path like I do. If you go anywhere in California, just follow the bike path. You know, that way, if you fall and break an ankle, at least a park service employee yeah, will be right. along sometime, you know. No, okay. I, so I go places other people so, won't go. So your, your contention here is that, uh, is what? That this was, a, this was a drill that went horribly awry, the pandemic? This is a drill that went live on purpose. Do you know what the ultimate endgame is here? Well, hold Take on now. The, some the, but I... I, I I know that, but so it was a drill that they intended for this to be big, for it to be this big is the, is the, is yes. what I'm saying is, is what you're, you contend. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. It's one, yes. cause I didn't, I, no. I was under the impression maybe that it was a, that it was, they were going to do like a little thing and, you know, do a little live test and it turns out, oh shit, this shit's really contagious and now it's everywhere kind of thing. So, but you're saying no, they knew that, that and they went ahead with it. All right. They, they, they did this on purpose. This was no accident. This was no Oops, we just did a boo-boo. No. The ultimate goal is to crash the economies worldwide 
They already yeah. have the digital currency servers online. The servers are already there. They're super fast blade servers, and they will be using cryptocurrency. If you look at the patent that Bill Gates is trying to get passed, it's not a patent yet. It's only a uh, – he's trying to get it passed, and it will work like Apple's Pay system. Now, Apple Pay, yeah. you walk up, you take your card, you wave it in front of the scanner, and it deducts your money. This one is different. In the patent, it says human motion across to our scanner will allow a deduction, either using your checking account, your uh, credit card, or Bitcoin. Well, what the hell does that sound like? You wave your hand across it? Hello, for people that are into the Bible and paranoid about that, that sounds like the mark of the beast. And Fox so you think they're going to make people get chipped? Yes. They've already That's talked about old chipping people. Yeah. Yeah. Fauci's already talked about this. None of this stuff is even new. I don't even know why it's taken them this long to do it. You know? But this is stuff is old. You know, they've been do, they've been talking about this since the late eighties, chipping people. This is nothing new. It's just I think they didn't have a fast enough internet or fast enough satellites to make it work. Now they do. Now, yeah. now everything's fast enough. They can do everything instantaneously, but that's what they're going to do. He already said the chips in the vaccine. You can go look it up on the Internet. The company that is producing the syringes, the actual syringes the vaccine will go in, they are yeah. also making the embedded chip, and the embedded chip will be inside the syringe, and what it will do is it will dissolve into microparticles into the vaccine and then go into your system. The chip Jesus. itself is actually hundreds of small little nanochips. When it comes oh, into geez. contact with the vaccine, it breaks apart into many small nanoparticles. When it goes into your system, it embeds everywhere. That's right there in their literature. It's not even conspiracy. You know, you can look this stuff up. They're talking about this every day on these websites. They're talking about how they're going to do this. Yeah. Oh, boy. Wow. That's uh. That's just depressing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so I take it you won't be getting any vaccine. No, hell no. They can stick yeah. that. I already, I already told Trump that in an email, and I said, "Oh, by the way, Trump, while I'm busy, <laughs> Wait a minute, why'd you email? While I'm busy, I do it all He's the time. I, email. I didn't know you app. even could do that. Yeah, you can, you can send mail to the White House. Not like Trump actually reads it. I think have somebody else read it. Because I don't think he reads anything from the sounds of it. But, yeah, I, I like to torment him. And I always torment him. I said, by the way, while I'm bitching about the vaccine and your little bioweapon COVID-19, uh, I said, would you like to tell me who Maria is? Is she a former mistress of yours or something? And he knows damn well who she is. No response from him at all. Webster Tarpley and Wade Matson also nailed him with this. And once at a live conference where he was speaking while he was running for election, oh, he got mad at them. Oh, yeah. Do you want to hear the this? theory around I, that? I, I, I um, yeah, I do. Let, let's just. I'm more. You're gonna get me thrown in the gulag or something, Bill. But no, don't worry about <laughs> you it. Because hope this fucker I doesn't did. win. Well, I, yeah. All right. We'll get to the Maria story. I want to know what you think is gonna happen here with this. You know, we're on the precipice of a historic uh, situation here in a few months. But let's hear yeah. the Maria story, and then here, we'll get your thoughts on the election. Okay, Maria was a 14-year-old girl who Epstein picked up on a street corner. And this was back in the 90s when him and Trump were very close. And uh, 
took her up to his uh, penthouse. Remember, he lived in Trump Towers at the time. He had his place there. He invited Trump over, and according to the documents that Wayne Matson and Webster Tarpley uh, obtained, uh, this is from an, an undercover cop uh, who was on the case. Uh, All right, keep this family, Bill. Keep this keep this family friendly here as we get into this. Yes. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> please. Anyways, okay. with yeah. with Epstein's reputation, you know darn well, and your uh, listeners know darn well what they did. And okay. after they were done, after they were done, according to the documents, Trump strangled this girl to death. Oh Jesus Christ! All right. Guess what? Guess what though? This Maria, he has a thing for Marias. This is not the first Maria. There was a lady who spoke during the election. She was 89 years old. Her sister worked in the NYPD juvenile section, in the records section. And she goes, do you know why Trump didn't like to talk about being a kid other than to say that him and his friends were a rough bunch? And people were saying, no, what's going on? And she goes, what he is claimed to have done with Epstein and a 14-year-old girl. He did it when he was a teenager, and that's what got him sent to the military school instead of prison. People do not understand that school that Trump went to that was not ROTC. All the Trump supporters say, see, he's military, Bill. He went to ROTC. No, that was a military school for juvenile delinquents to keep them out of Rikers Island. That's what that was. And he went there. It's in his records. It's in his book. He talks about going there. Look that yeah. school up. Only the most hardened juvenile delinquents went to that school. Kids that had committed rape, murder, uh, car theft. These guys were on their ways to Rikers, and this was their last chance to turn it around before they went okay. to Rikers permanently. Now, All right. You really think Trump went to that school because he stole hubcaps and his dad said, can't do that anymore, Trump. Yeah, you know, Donald, you can't do that anymore. No. The rumor is that Fred hung this on uh, his son's friends because his friends were involved in this. He hung this on his friends. Trump went to this school as a way to keep out of Rikers. His record got sealed. He never got, even got charged. They just sealed the whole thing. Now, yeah. you do know his mother disowned him. That's also in his book. And he talks about how painful it was that him and his mother couldn't get along in later years. And she disowned him completely. Now, why would a mother disown a son who is a successful billionaire real estate developer? What does she know about him that the American public does not know that she would disown him? That's why. Now, think about it for a minute. All right. Well, these are some bold allegations. So I just just want to stress these are your – your your words, yeah, not mine. These so are mine. Don't, I don't want any trouble yeah, those, from anyone. <laughs> yeah, I don't want. Don't, don't, yeah, don't, I don't want to get yeah, thrown in the fucking gulag here. Yeah, this is your research. Yeah, don't, your, don't, your yeah, don't don't yeah don't assassinate Tim. Come assist, assassinate me. I I can duck a bullet pretty well. So. <laughs> All right, I cannot. Um, I any, cannot. Anyways, people need to understand that this guy is not your friend. He is not going to save America. Yes, he will probably get back in because it's meant for him to get back in. People don't understand. Republican, Democrat, Socialist Party A, Socialist Party B, all New World Order, this is a sick freaking game. That's all this is. This is a New World Order laughing their butts off again because they got everyone with Trump and his, oh, I'm a Christian, oh, I'm going to save America. People are idiots if they believe that. 
And there's a reason why he's got to, to win again. If he does not win and somehow the Democrats throw this election, you know, and, you know, let's go stuff the ballot box. Uh, hey, uh, Jose, come up here and vote ten times under ten different names. If they pull yeah. that and they get and they get Biden in, uh, I can guarantee you Trump goes to prison. He'll walk right out of the White House and he's going straight to prison. I can tell you I have it right. firsthand from the Southern District in New York, a friend of mine that works in the DA's office. She says we're going to fry his butt and we're going to do it publicly. She says, Bill, we got him on everything. We got him on Russian money laundering. She goes, we got him on all kinds of things. And she goes, do you yeah. remember that little incident with uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, him and the 14-year-old girl? And I said, yeah. And she goes, we got him on that. She goes, Giselle has it all on tape. Yeah. Wow. The old Madame well, for Epstein. So what are you saying now? So you don't think – how do you think this election is going to shake out then? You don't think you think he's gonna by hook or by crook he's gonna win? He will win and the Democrats will throw a fit like they do about everything. But like I've also said, this is a game because right. he is I'm gonna say it plain out. The rumor, and this is a rumor, but it was confirmed by about Obama but not by Trump. Trump is probably a CIA asset like Obama was. More yeah. than likely. The CIA's run the White House since Eisenhower. There's no way that you got an independent president in there. That is a wet dream. That's all it is. Okay. Trump went to the Soviet Union in 1987. He was a personal guest of Gorbachev at a time when very few people could go to the Soviet Union. If you were an American historical researcher or something like that, they would let you in, let you look at their historical archives, things like that. And if you had, like, uh, like if you were ru ethnic Russian but grew up in America, you could go back to the Soviet Union. But for Right, right, right. Well, he was kind of a celebrity, right? So, I mean, and yeah. he was rich. So, so he can pretty, if you're a celebrity and you're rich, you can pretty much go anywhere almost. Right, right. So, anyways... He met with Gorbachev personally. He was his personal, you know, he said, come on over. His entire conversation with Gorbachev is classified to this day. Nobody knows what they talked about. Many researchers have filed paperwork with the new Russian Federation asking for information, and they've got nothing, absolutely nothing. They said they will not release this. What the hell was he talking about? What was going on over there? One thing you have to understand is that for a long time now, the American government, the Russian government, all controlled by international bankers. My feeling right. is, is that being a CIA asset, he probably was back then too, they sent him over there to feel out the whole situation, to see what kind of business they could do. They knew by 87 the Soviet government was going to fall. They knew by then it was going to fall. And I think what right. they were doing is they sent people like Trump in there. Hey, see if we can get in there. We can do some business. You know, we make some money off these people. Maybe we can do some money laundering. Maybe we can launder their money. Trust me, Trump is laundering money for the Russians because unless you've lived in New York and unless you've been to Europe, you will never know that Deutsche Bank is about ready to collapse. They're about ready to go into receivership because they were laundering money for the Russian oligarchs. The only reason they gave Trump the loan was because Putin and his oligarchs backed it. That's why. Yeah. Now, okay. everybody goes, well, what about the election? Didn't they hack the election? No, Hillary won the popular election. 
You know, now Mueller even said that in his report. So that was right. just another one of their conspiracy theories. Now, the Electoral College, maybe, maybe somebody influenced those guys, but nobody knows who they are till after the election. So even the Russians would have to work hard to find out who they are. So that's a question mark. You know, well, we no, the theory is that there. they like tinkered with the vote totals in in the state in the swing states. That's the, you know, the, the people yeah. who actually there wasn't some kind of like shady shenanigans at the voting with, with the people who get sent to vote. Yeah. Those are just like figureheads. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting. It, it, All right, yeah. so and it's hard to tell, but you need to understand something. Whether it's Trump, whether it's Hillary, you still get a new world order bitch. That's all you're getting either way. You know? Okay, so we, there's uh, no can, point in even – There's no point uh, in even arguing about – Hillary, when she was at the State Department, sold the interest in uranium one to the Russians, and yet she's sitting here bitching about the Russians. Oh, Putin's our enemy. Oh, please. She was probably over there sleeping with Putin for all we know. Hell, they're probably oh, good friends. Oh, I mean, she goodness. made many visits for – She People made like many visits People to like Russia. Them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so there are a lot of dirty business All there. Right. There's a lot of dirty business. Now, remember, uh, for people that don't know, Trump had a lot of these Russian oligarchs staying at Trump Towers. They were, were renting uh, uh, suites and, and Lord, apartments yeah. and things like that there. Felix Sater was a, well, semi-Russian oligarch. He wasn't high up like the others, but he was up there. He got into a fight in a bar and put the stem of a glass through a guy's eye. You can read the FBI Jesus. report. They re- released it. Uh, you can find it on the FBI's website. You can also uh, find a lot of news articles uh, about it. Uh, Felix Sater was gotten out of prison by the CIA and was sent to work with Trump. He went directly from prison to working with Trump. He got business cards and everything. What do you think that's about? It's real simple. Russian oligarchs, Amer- American oligarchs, all laundering money through the banks and real estate. We have our right, oligarchs right, right. here too. You know, we have our oligarchs. We have the Rockefellers, Rothschilds. Then you go down to what they call the uh, – when I was lived in New York, they called it the trailer park trash of the rich, and that's your low-level billionaires and millionaires. And that would be people like – uh, believe it or not, not trying to insult these people personally, but this is what they've been oh. called to their face and told. Elon Musk, Jeff Bo- Bezos, and all these guys, these are low-level renters compared to the true oligarchs of this country. Okay. All, yeah. of these, all these billionaires, do you really think they make their money honestly? No. No, 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 no. Their businesses don't make that much money. They are laundering money. Right now, the SEC is questioning who? Elon Musk. Go read up on it. How is it that you made $9 billion in a salary from this company that makes electric cars? Because the money's not coming from Tesla. It's coming from the Russian oligarchs. He's, Trump is not the only one laundering money. There's a bunch of these guys in America doing it. They're all laundering all right. money. That's the, only way the, that's the only way you can make money nowadays. Everything else is broke. It's either launder money or don't make any money at all. Jesus. Well, I don't, 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 I don't want you laundering money now, Bill. Don't be doing that. No, 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 Jeez. no. No. Why the fuck? Why no. the fuck do these Russian oligarchs have so much money, and why do they need to launder it? They stole it from the Russian government. Bill Browder right. was over there helping them. Remember the book on Bill Bill Browder wrote? 
Oh, yeah, he's one of the most hated men in America and Russia. Yeah, and he was close to, to Putin and, and Trump. Bill Browder was. Bill Browder had a, a, an apartment in Trump Towers, too. And they were over there, and Bill Browder says, yeah, he says, this is like the Old West over here in Moscow. He says everybody was stealing from the Russian government. Billions and billions of Now, what's of your rubles, take? We gotta spread this stuff around. Let's put it on the internet. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Great heavens! What kind of radio show is this? Since we last talked, this QAnon thing has popped up. It's turned into a, almost a cult. So, uh, what's your? Yeah. You didn't sound like you were it's, into QAnon earlier. So that's a good thing. Um, but what's uh, no, your take on this? You know. I, I've looked at their stuff, and it's a they, not a he, by the way. There's mm-hmm. more than one okay. person. This is probably a military intelligence front of some kind. Uh, they're putting a little bit of truth out there with a lot of disinformation, and they're trying to see who hooks onto it. That's what they're trying to do. They're baiting people. They wanna, they're, they're fishermen. That's what they call them in, in the intelligence business. They're called fishermen. Yeah. And they want to put the hook out there. They put the little worm on it, and the little worm is their conspiracy they made up. And they want to see who sticks their mouth on it, and then they'll yank them out of the water. Uh, and that's how well, a whole lot of people have been uh, have been hooked on this, though. I mean, this is like yes. more popular than any conspiracy right. well, theory I've ever seen. Right. But what they're doing is they look for people that have exceptional intelligence, people that may be hooked on what they're saying, but are going, "Oh, hey, uh, QAnon. Uh, you know, you might be right about this, but you're kind of wrong about that." They're actually looking for people that might question what they're look, uh, seeing and hearing. So that's what they're doing there. They're pulling these people out slowly. And uh, what they're doing is they're looking for people that they can turn. They're basically looking for turncoats, people from the alt-media, people that are general conspiracy types. Listen, Alex Jones started out legitimate. We now know he's been turned. I, I was told that when I was in Israel. Yeah. Because we went to Israel yeah. to work on one of their Airbuses, and a lady from Mossad, she goes, he's our bitch. She told me that. She goes, he's our bitch. She goes, you didn't know you that? You sure talked to I a lot of people like, who were mixed up in intelligence yeah. and shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, well, I hate to say this, but most of my family is former intelligence. Uh, my really? dad was a green – my stepdad was a Green Beret connected to the CIA – uh, and he worked up in North Vietnam. He was with the assassination teams up there. Uh, he also uh, was on uh, the Bay of Pigs mess. He was like 12 years older than my mom. So he, uh, you know, he's a lot older than her. She graduated in 63. He graduated in like 51 or something like that. And he told her the story about what happened, that he was on the Bay of Pigs operation, and he was on the beach with the anti-Castro Cubans when Kennedy pulled the support. And he goes, that son of a bitch is going to leave us here. And uh, when he came back and, uh, you know, he went through uh, all the things you do, you have, you have to do when they, uh, you know, kind of downwind you when you come back from these covert ops. Um, he had told my mom that his unit was in Dallas that day. He wasn't there because they had uh, cut their units up into two different groups. He says, we were doing training in Tennessee in the mountains. Uh, with new recruits, and he says the other part of my team went to Dallas, and he says that's when we heard about Kennedy being killed. And my mom goes, what are you trying to say? And he goes, Sherry, I don't like it. He says, this just smells bad. He said, we had no reason to be there. We don't guard the president. He says, they never have the military guard the president. He says, Marine One is guarded by uh, Marines. Air Force One is guarded by Air Force 
uh, Blue Berets, that kind of thing. He says, they don't have us there. He says, I don't like it. And he took my mom and I to see a movie. This movie was only played for three days in Denver, and they pulled it. And it was an old black and white movie. And it showed how they set up Killing Kennedy. They showed out in the desert how they set up a fake Dealey Plaza, and they trained, and they put it all together. Yeah. It was a really spooky movie. I don't know how many people have seen that nationwide, but it was only out for like three days in Denver, and they pulled it. Anyways, what was the name of it? And I don't even remember anymore. I, it was something okay. something minutes in Dallas or something like three minutes in Dallas or something like that. It was a, right, weird, okay. a weird thing. Because they think the actual assassin. Yeah, you should. I I'm sure it's out there. Somebody told me they had seen it on VHS uh, years ago, so it's probably on DVD by now. But anyways, my stepdad, my mom, and I were in an auto accident in late '73 right here in Brighton. A drunk driver hit us, killed my stepdad instantly. My mom went into the windshield, stuck her face. I only got a, a cut of glass. Um. Later, after my mom and I got out of the hospital, uh, we went, stayed home, but my grandparents went to the court for this drunk driver, and uh, they wanted to make sure he did some serious time for, you know, uh, killing their son-in-law. They, were, they wanted to make sure he got the time. Cause, you know, you got, in this town, we have a lot of migrant workers, and most of them are good. Most of them are good, but some of them are real drunks, too, and they blow stoplights and stop signs to this day all the time. You know, not that Americans don't do that; they do it too. But just to let you know that there are yeah, some yeah, people yeah. from uh, south drunk, of the border that come in all shapes and sizes and nationalities. Yeah, they come in all shapes and sizes. Yeah. So they wanted to make sure he didn't escape back to Mexico or wherever he was from. So, anyways, they're sitting in court. In walks these guys in three-piece suits. They walk up to the DA, and the DA says, "Your Honor, can I uh, talk to you in chambers uh, with these two gentlemen?" And uh, the judge says, uh, "Is this important?" He said, "Yeah, they're here from the federal government." So they went into chambers, and they came back out, and the DA went up to my grandparents, and he says, I am very sorry about this, but he says, we got to let this guy go. And my grandfather says, the hell you are. He says, this guy killed my son-in-law and almost killed my mother and grandson, I, or my daughter and son, grandson. I want to know why. He says, the federal government is taking over. And they were from, supposedly, the State Department. That's what, uh, that's what uh, we were told. Anyways, uh, my mom's cousin, uh, who's an assistant district attorney, he had just gotten his job out in Los Angeles, and he said, let me look into it. Let me, let me see what they're doing. Let me see what, what's up with this crap. And he called my grandparents back, and he, he said uh, – he told my grandmother, my grandmother answered the phone, and uh, he says um, – he told her the story, and she told me, and he goes – you got to forget about this. He says that guy was not an illegal alien Mexican. He was an anti-Castro Cuban. He had come up here from New Orleans. I don't know what he's involved in, but those guys were not from the State Department. They were from the CIA. And uh, uh, it spooked my grandmother, spooked my grandpa, and they told me uh, they told my mother as soon as they thought she was well enough to know. And then my mother told me, she goes, Bill, we got to forget about it. She goes, it, you know, he's probably God knows where. He says maybe they took him out or something. I don't know, but we got to forget about it. Um, yeah. All kinds of weird stuff like that. Wild, and, you know, when my mother, stuff. when yeah, and when my mother looked up my stepdad's army record, 
all she got was the different places that he had served, like in Vietnam and things like that. Everything was blacked out. She said there was no use even looking at it anymore. It was all blackouts. And at that time, I found out from a fellow researcher that I met in the 90s, he said, Bill, you do know at that time all special forces in America were run by the CIA. And I said, yeah, I know. I read up on it. And uh, when I told him that they found out it was an anti-Castro Cuban that had hit us, he says, do you really think that guy was just a drunk? And I said, no. Uh, I said, no way. Not a chance. Wow. Well, interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, yeah. Now, here's something I don't think we've ever talked about. We're going to pivot you off into something else a little bit here. Uh, okay. What do you think okay. of all of this? Because uh, we just talked at the end of January 2018. That was right as all this UFO stuff happened. That was a lot. There's a lot going mm-hmm. on here with the UFOs lately in, since yeah. the last time we talked, pretty much, pretty much like right after that. So. I yeah. think the New York Times article that kind of kicked all this off uh, was published like a month before we talked. We may have delved into it a little bit, but certainly uh, we haven't talked about all the stuff that's happened since then. So what do you make of <clears throat> what's going on with UFOs right now? I mean, government's actually talking about them and, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think you know, what is happening from, from, yeah, from all the years that I studied UFOs and I, I was into that, I was actually a part of a, a nonprofit group that studied UFOs. Uh, we were one of the first groups that interviewed Robert Lazar. We, you know, we did a lot of the stuff uh, out there in California uh, at the Tehachapi Mountains, the secret facilities. And one of the things we found as we went through the archives and we looked at old newspaper articles and government documents is anytime you start getting upheavals in government, the UFO sightings go up. Anytime there is either war or the threat of war, or there is a political upheaval, the UFO sightings just go right through the roof every time. Yeah, but these aren't UFO sightings per se that's happening. This is the government talking about UFOs. Yeah, right. And I think what's happening is that the government is reaching a point to where they're trying to hold the door shut on UFOs, and they can't. There's mm-hmm. too many people that have, that have gotten too many documents there is too many pilots, military pilots, soldiers on the ground who are saying to hell with, you know, this, we can't disclose anything, we're going to do it. Too many people that are saying, we're tired of the secrecy, we've had enough. And I yeah. think what's happening is the government's finally saying, you know what, let's do it, but let's do it slow. And I think what they're doing is they're going bit by bit by bit. They're yeah. like the Navy releasing those uh, pilot footage, the gun, what they call the gun camera footage. Uh, I think they're releasing it slow, very slowly over a period of time, which is what they always wanted to do to begin with. They always wanted to do right. the slow release so that they wouldn't freak people out. I think that's what's going on. They just realized that they, they just can't keep a lid on this anymore. There's too many people biting at their ankles, just tearing them up over this stuff. Well, what do you think then, uh, what, what do you think the UFOs are? What do you think they are? Well, you know, we go back and forth whether they're extraterrestrial from out there or whether they're interdimensional. Some of the personal sightings that I have personally had, like going back to when I was a kid, we saw out on my uncle's farm when I was out there helping him one summer, we saw a light through the window. Uh, we got up, we went to the living room, and there was a light out in the field, and the thing shot straight up into the sky. 
The neighbors saw it clearer than we did and said it was a typical flying saucer shape, but all we could see from our vantage point was a light. My opinion at that time is we were dealing with uh, extraterrestrial from out there. We may still be, but some of the sightings that I had in the 90s, these things just disappeared right in front of you. I got to believe that there is something interdimensional. There's an interdimensional okay. quality to these things. There's, they got to be coming from inner space, maybe not outer space. Now, do you? I'm surprised at your answer here because I would assume I would. I, I had figured that you would have said that a lot of this is secret uh, weapons and whatnot. So you don't think these are secret oh, weapons? I, I, oh, I have. Oh, I have no doubts that some of the sightings are secret weapons, but. Uh, some of this stuff, there's there's no way they built some of this stuff. The thing that I saw, the flying saucer that I saw was, was huge, and that was right here in Colorado. And the thing was almost translucent. You can almost see through it, and it rolled on its side, and then it went straight over the Rocky Mountains and disappeared. And there was a number of people uh, that saw that. Um, I didn't file a MUFON report, but there was a, a lady in Longmont who, who did, and that was 1997. I think it was uh, March or April, okay. and people can look that up. And there was a number of people who saw that besides me, and I thought, whoa, I don't think whatever that was, our government built that. I do believe our government does have super secret weapons, that uh, weapon systems, that aircraft that are – uh, way beyond the pale, way beyond anything we can know. But there's some of this stuff that I don't think that even they have this capability. Uh, it's yeah. just, it's just, they're too fast. They're, they, they disappear right in front of you. I just, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm going, yeah, I don't think we built that. Yeah. yeah. And then you okay. get the sightings where you have where the craft actually lands and people see entities. You yeah, know? yeah, that's I mean, a whole these guys are obviously. We know that's, yeah. Yeah, well, obviously they're not Air Force pilots or anything like that. So you, you've almost got to think that we're seeing two things. And, and the CIA admitted and the Air Force admitted it too, that in the early days they were using the F-117A uh, to spark sightings. And people were always like, why would you want to do that? Well, the only reason you would do that is to distract from the real sightings, the real stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now this is kind of off the wall here. This is a little bit. Uh, this is a little off the wall, but what are your, I don't think I've ever asked you about this, so I want to sort of ting off these boxes here. Now, this is completely outside of your usual realm, but Bigfoot, okay. what do you think about Bigfoot? Uh, you know, um, we actually, a bunch of us actually chased this thing. We were down in Pikes Peak National Forest in 1995, and there were all kinds of sightings down there then. And we chased something through the woods. We don't know what it was. We lost it. We gave up. We decided to camp for the night. Uh, the next morning, we were walking out, and all of a sudden, we looked back towards the tree line. Here's this big, hairy thing standing on two feet, and this guy goes, oh, geez, there he is. So we're looking through the scope, and this, this guy's pretty tall, uh, probably yeah. eight foot tall, maybe weighing 600 pounds. And uh, I don't doubt the sightings at all. When people say they see Bigfoot, I just say, first of all, I've studied – a lot of this, and there are a lot of anthropologic, what we would say, gray areas out there, like the Chubacabra, which lots of right, people right. in South America have seen the Chubacabra. Uh, they found that thing on the beach at Sandy Hook uh, uh, back there in uh, 1967, I think it was, 
and that was public. That was in the newspaper and everything. The thing had big old fang teeth and everything. It washed up on the beach, and it had no uh, fur, just skin. That's in the public newspaper. So I think we have zoological entities out there that we haven't discovered yet for whatever reason. I mean, even Woodhull's Institute will tell you that they're still discovering new uh, breeds of fish down in the Marianas Trench. So, oh, yeah, yeah. But my but my feeling about Bigfoot is this: if you read the Bible, you go back to the Old Testament, you're going to see that Esau and his clan. He had his own little clan, and he was kind of a break off from the regular Jews. He was mad at Jews. He was mad at God. He was mad at everybody. And while well, he was Jewish, but he was still mad at his fellow Jews. And he cursed okay. God and he cursed his fellow Jews. And God said, for that curse, you will forever be separated from mankind and he go and god goes into the descriptions that uh esau would grow hair all over his body he would smell and he would be unattractive to women and people would be in fear of him i think that's what we're dealing with i think they're human and that's why i tell people that i meet that are hunters i say whatever you do don't kill one of these things because if it turns out to be human um the federal government uh like your forest service park service uh Local police have already said if somebody kills one of these things and it turns out to be human, they'll prosecute for murder. So I tell people, I say, unless the thing's charging through your cabin door up in your cabin in the mountains, don't shoot at it just to get it. I said, I think I think they're human. I really do. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, I, I am, I'm not – I have to stress this like every time I even talk about the subject because people get confused. I am not a flat earther, but I've been studying the flat earth <laughs> people and their, and their movement um, for the last year or two. So uh, it's kind of like the QAnon thing. It's this weird sort of like internet popular conspiracy theory. Um, what, do you, what, do you, what do you make of the flat earth theory? Oh, that just – that is so bizarre. I was just like, come on, guys. Anybody that's been up at high altitude in an aircraft can see the curvature of the Earth. It's very obvious to anybody who looks that this is a globe, not a piece of flat plywood that somebody threw dirt and water on top of. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the flat earthers are – you know, we see all kinds of cult-like behavior today from people. Uh, yeah, it's very strange. You know, whether it's whether it's whether it's political cultists, whether it's UFO cultists, uh, we got the flat earthers now. You know, yeah. Uh, I I think that's all they are. They're just a, a cult of very out of touch with reality people. And uh, you know, I just I, I leave it there because I I can't even yeah. listen to them talk. They give me a migraine. They really do. <laughs> all right. Um, well, yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned the cult like behavior because it's very. The internet has really fucked up, like, this country, if not the world. I mean, it's, it's across a lot of great things, but I feel like it's really, really, like, just fucked up, like, society. Um, oh, yeah. You know, people are just yeah. completely reality. It's broken reality, I think. We all, we all used to have a yeah. shared reality, and now it's like everybody's got this weird fragmented reality. Yeah. And what, you know, what is uh, happening there? is that there is so much strife in the world. There is so much, you know, war and, and then the propaganda, the propaganda, you got to understand uh, just about every website, every major news uh, media goes through the CIA gatekeepers before we ever see it. And, uh, 
the they insert disinformation into the media constantly. The CIA, the NSA, they all do it. Even military intelligence does it. That after a while, you don't know what's real and what's not. It's like, well, what about that news story? You know, did that guy really kill that guy, or is you know, and you know, is he a Lee Harvey Oswald? What is going on here? You know, and you don't know who to trust because look at Trump. Trump makes it look like you can trust in government again as long as the Republicans are in control. He's Jesus, and we have to worship him. There is another cult right there, the cult of Trump. Yeah. If that's not a cult, I don't know what is. Yeah. Yeah, it's worrisome. It's definitely uh, worrisome. You know. Now, have yeah. you – it's been a long time since Columbine. Have you looked at anything else about the Columbine thing? That's how we first met, through the Columbine conspiracy that you were right. working on. Right. What happened with all your material? Uh, you know, it's, I think it's in the Google, a lot of it was online. Uh, some, some of it was online. Now I don't know where the hell any of it is. What's going on with that? Yeah. Uh, some, of, some of it is in my Google Drive. Um, my aunt and uncle have the rest of it, all the DVDs and stuff. Um, you know, once I decide what I'm going to do, uh, if I can get back to Germany, I will do the website and the, finish the book from there. Uh, my yeah. aunt and uncle have a printout of the book, plus they have it on disc uh, in Word format. So once I, you know, once I decide what's going to happen here, you know, whether I go back or whether I have to stay, I hope I go back, uh, I will be finishing that up. I will get that finished. Uh, there's not much left to finish. Um, yeah. uh, I will also put up the website. Um, I will tell you that a lot of what has happened since then in people's reaction uh, comes directly from Columbine. They quote Columbine all the time. Anytime you hear about a cop say, yeah, we managed to stop that punk from getting in the school, they always mention Columbine and say, we learned a lot from Columbine. And uh, so you'll you'll hear a lot of these people mention that it was like a linchpin for the law enforcement and the emergency response community, you know, yeah. and, and just about everything you could do wrong, they did at Columbine, and they did it wrong because they were told to do it wrong. They were told to stay out of the school. They were told not to go in there and rescue students. That's why you had cops standing around out there. That's why you had cops quitting the force after April 20th, because they were told to stand down. People don't understand who was running the show? The FBI was. Yeah, the FBI yeah. was running everything, you know. And anytime you got the FBI running things, you can count. You can count on there being naughty business going on. You can count on there's something underhanded going on. Anytime the FBI is running the show, anytime you let those guys in the door, you might you might as well just count on a cover up because that's what you're going to get. <laughs> um, all right, now so it's been. Uh, almost, what did I say? 2018, we talked. So it's like, <clears throat> I want you to, I want you to look into your crystal ball here, Bill. Um, and beyond even the election, where let, let's say we talk in two years. So let's say we're talking in 2022. I'd like to have you on before then, but you know, the, the, my the way I do things is so haphazard. Who the fuck knows? You know, and who knows? You may <laughs> run off to Germany. I may not be able to get a hold of you. Who knows? Right? So. Uh, so 2022, next time I talk to you, what's going to be the state of uh, the country, the state of the world, what's going to be going on with this pandemic? What do you think? What's your, what's your gut tell you? My gut tells me that based on all the economic numbers I'm seeing, and I'm able to pull a lot of the numbers uh, through LexisNexis, they have access to all U.S. Department of Commerce stats, the real ones, not the fake ones they talk about on the news. It's not going to be good in two years. In two years, we are probably going to see about 80% of all small businesses gone 
in about two years. Uh, there will only be about 20% of them left. And uh, that is the analytical opinion of a lot of people, uh, including the U.S. Department of Commerce. Um, there's uh, uh, um, Ron Paul has looked at these numbers. Paul Craig Roberts has looked at these numbers. Gerald Salente has. All these guys are coming to the same opinion. And even the mainstream people are are backing this now in, in the mainstream that used to lie about the numbers. Oh, it's doing good. Shut up and go away. No, now even they're freaking. Even the U.S. Department of Commerce, uh, your state uh, governments are, are starting to freak. Uh, they realize that the debt's too much. And I just pulled a report that was just released by the GAO the other day, and its and it title is The Physical Integrity of the United States Government is at Risk. And what it means by that, physical means financial. Yeah. In by two by 2025, the guarantee pension trust fund will be completely gone. They will have no more money. By 2030, unless serious changes are made, Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security will be insolvent, completely gone. Nothing they can do about it. The GAO warned Congress. Spending has got to stop. You have got to increase the taxes. You cannot cut taxes. Dumbass Trump just said, oh, I cut Medicare taxes. Guess what? You're going to have to change that around and increase the taxes because the uh, director of Medicare came out and said, we need more money or we're done. Yeah, yeah. And he said, he said, if we don't get an increase in taxes and receipts in here, he says, maybe I can push this to 2021, but I can't go beyond that. But the GAO says <coughs> they think that if they do get an influx of cash, they can pull it off till 2030. But by 2030, it's all gone. All of it is. And that all is right. an 87-page report. Anybody can go to the GAO. It's not classified. Pull it down. And it is worrisome. And they cite a lot of reasons for All right. For so this. bad the, economic the, situation. So is the pandemic going to be yeah. relatively over by then in a couple of years? Yes. This pandemic's going to be gone fast, uh, faster than the money out of your wallet when you give it to a stripper at the nightclub. Trust me. As soon as that vaccine comes out, this 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 COVID nineteen will disappear. It'll be gone. Oh, look at that! Yeah. Uh, we didn't we didn't even get all the vaccines distributed, and it's still gone. Oh my God, we got lucky! Wow. Yeah, trust me. Right, right. It, it'll be gone once once COVID nineteen does its job of ruining the worldwide economy. It will vanish like the rainforest. Trust me, it'll be gone. Now, right, right okay. now in, Cal, in Cal, right now in California, I have a friend out there, and he is in real estate. And he said, "Bill, this is a Titanic. We're going down." And he shows video on YouTube all the time of all the stores in Palm Springs. They're all shut down. All the big stores on Rodale Drive are shut down. That's going to be cool. My my ex is going to love that because she shops at Rodale Drive all the time. It's like, <laughs> now you can't shop. You're going to have to go to Walmart with the rest of us <laughs> and wear your mask too. Um, but now, everything do, is do shut down out there. Do you wear a mask, Bill, when you go out? I don't know what the law is out there in Colorado, so I don't know. Oh, you, in uh... Colorado, yeah. Uh, Jared Polis says we have to wear the mask, and I said, Jared, bite me. I'm not wearing the mask. I go into stores without it. They go – you got to wear the mask, and I go, <coughs> yeah, I just keep walking. Oh, Jesus. Screw them. Screw them. You can get arrested. I ain't wearing the damn Be thing. careful, Bill. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I, I just tell them where to get off. You know, I just say, you know. 
<laughs> All right, now, but now yeah. Zach Copley, the uh, the always prescient Zach Copley, he in the chat room he recalls that uh, you know you were talking about the nanobots in the vaccine. So what's the in a couple of years will be what's the point? What's the point of these nanobots? And Senator I guess if the vaccine Frankie. comes, we're going to get well, everyone's going to have nanobots. Because I, I mean, I don't want to be yes. I don't want to rain on your parade, Bill. But I'm taking the fucking vaccine. I don't care. I want. I, 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 I have to live. I have to live in the prison, man. I yeah. I, I can't be running yeah. off to a farmhouse in in Poland. I'm I'm cut from a different yeah. cloth than you. The, so yeah. The, well, what's the story is, with the nanobots? This, the idea of this is a total tracking system that they can track you for your entire life. Well, the I'm reason why the nano the the why the nanobots break into separate entities. Is so because your body will, if they're in one concentrated area, your body will attack this thing and try to destroy it. If it's in multiple areas, your body will eventually give up and just get used to it. That's why it breaks up. But they want it in various areas, and the area they they want it in is the same as it's in the Bible. For some reason, they want it in your right hand. They want it to make its way all the way to your right hand, and they want it in your head too. There is a lot of things that they can do with this thing. Anytime you go anywhere and you go through a scanner, they will know that you're going into a store. They know how long you were in the store, and when you come out, you go through the scanner again. That's what all those scanners at Walmart are for. They're not trying to catch shoplifters. Hell, half the kids steal and walk right through those, and the alarm don't go off. The real use for those is to track people. Airport scanners, they're tracking. Right, right. Well, I, I, I heard the chip theory along, for a long time, and I've always been of the opinion, someone in the chat room just pointed out the same thing I said, uh, that did, haven't they already accomplished this chipping with the cell phones? I mean, they've conditioned society to carry the chip. I mean, you yeah. can't get these people to fucking – you can't get them to, to, to let go of their cell phones. So it's like they already yeah. have us tracked and everything. Yeah. The – the problem with the cell phones is is that, you know, a lot of people leave them at home. A lot of people just give up and say, oh, you know, it's too expensive. They, they want everyone. They want everyone. And there's countries where people can't afford cell phones, like in India and Pakistan, places like that. This is worldwide. This isn't just about America. This thing is about the whole world. They know that there's a lot of people that don't carry cell phones. They need to get everyone on board. The ultimate goal of this is worship of the state. That's what this is about. And, of course, the Christians are going to say, Bill, you're talking about the mark of the beast and the Antichrist. Now, supposedly the Israelis are, are talking to their Messiah right now. A friend of mine uh, who is in Mossad, he's retired now. He says, oh, yeah, they shut down Israel for Rosh Hashanah, and they're, they're supposedly talking to Meshach, and Meshach is the uh, – uh, the Old Testament Jewish version of the Messiah, who they expect the Messiah to be. Uh, so I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if that if that rumor is true or not. But the ultimate goal of this is total control of you. A cell phone, they just know where you're at. They can't really control you. But if this thing is in your system and it attaches to your body in, in various areas, yeah. and there's lots of patents on this different technology, they can control what you think. They can control what you say. They can control what you do. That is the ultimate okay, thing. Now, they, now, okay, go ahead. What they want is total allegiance from you, and they know they can't get it willingly from a lot of people. This is going to force you to be 
allegiance to them, to show allegiance to them, because you're not going to be able to buy and sell without it. Fauci already said that. He said, he said, if you don't take this vaccine, you are going to be shut out of society. You are not going back to work, and we are not going to allow you into grocery stores or any other public venue until you get this vaccine. Do you now you can see where that's going? Right, right. Well, yeah. Okay, but so let's say they give. Let's say like uh, people get the vaccine. When the fuck are they going to be? T- when are they going to tell them? Oh, by the way, I know you say it's in the in the in the in the paperwork or whatever, but like people aren't, you know, people fucking, you know, you click that user agreement on Apple or whatever. It's like 12 pages long. You just say, yeah, I read it. I read it. Um, yeah. I think they did a South Park episode about that. So, um, so what are they just going to be like, Oh, Hey, by the way, yeah. Oh, you know, that COVID vaccine we gave you, it had little nanobots in it. And now you can, now you can shop at, at Walmart easier or something like, how the fuck are they going to tell people that? Are they going to like, I, I'm just wondering how that would happen. Well, uh, you know, Fauci's already uh, said it, and many governors are saying it now, too. Many governors are saying, you are either going to get this vaccine or your children are not going to go to school if they don't get the vaccine. You are not going to be allowed to go back to work. That's the same as buy and sell. If you don't go right, to work, right, you can't right. buy and sell, part. can you? I know that part. Yeah. But what I'm wondering, though, is like, so is the, are the nanobots going to be a secret? Because even oh, though no, you say no, no, it's no, like no. an open secret – no one seems to, yeah. you know, they, no one I know has heard about this, that there are nano, nanobots in the vaccine. So, oh, like, yeah. Yeah. how it's, are it's they going to tell anyone? Go. Yeah, well, I, this, is, this, is going, this is going to be something that they will do officially when they would distribute the vaccine. That's why they got the U.S. military doing it, because they right. want to show a show of force. And I imagine they're going to say, when you take the vaccine, you can now buy and sell. I don't imagine they're actually going to tell them about the nanobots, but you can find this That's information what I mean. out That's there. what I mean. It's, so, like, the nanobots yeah. is, going to be, is going to be like a secret then? Like, no one's really going to know? Yeah, uh, they won't know because th- people don't go looking for the stuff you and I do. They, they won't go right, looking right. for the package insert. They won't go looking for that. All they know is they've got to take the vaccine or they can't go back to work and their kids can't go back to school. That's all they're going to know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then what? They'll just someday activate. I guess they if they don't, they still don't want anyone to ever know about the, the nanobots. So when you get the vaccine, the person that gives you the vaccine activates it. You get an ID that goes along with it. There's an ID. There's an ID number that goes along with it, and they will they will write all this stuff down. They have a tablet. I've seen the tablet, and they will punch all the information in, and that stuff all goes. To guess where the Social Security Administration? Well, there's Social Security number, and this number go uh, goes along with your Social Security number to show that you are now qualified to work because you had the vaccine. Right, right, right. And it is a number. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that's. I assume that's kind of what they're going for here with the vaccine because they already. Yeah. Uh, they already passed like a law here in Massachusetts that all the school kids have to have a flu vaccine. So it's already and, and I'm not anti-vaccine. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't want people to think that. But it's uh, interesting that they passed that law all of a sudden. It's clearly when they passed the law, it was like an anticipation of a, of a mandatory covid vaccine, which I assume is, is going to be the case in a lot of places. So, yeah, yeah. well, it's going to mess. You know, it's going to be tough, but people are, you know. Gonna be difficult. So I heard you were yeah. on your on your Facebook. You said you were gonna start a YouTube channel. What's that all about? You think you, you think you're gonna do that? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm well. You know, uh, I'm waiting to get enough uh, likes and enough uh, subscribers so that I can uh, 
you know, monetize the YouTube channel. But uh, I'm going to run uh, the the name that I, I uh, uh, trademarked, uh, Phantom Chasers. I trademarked the logo and uh, mm-hmm. copyrighted the name. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a weekly show uh, about all of these experiences, things that I've had, things that I've dealt with. Yeah. And then I'm going to invite other people, you know, to send in their stuff, you know, to to put on the channel and give credit to them and say, oh, this is, you know, Bob Jones and he saw a UFO yeah. or he saw a Bigfoot. And, and it will be like that. And it will be called Phantom Chasers and it will have a nice opening with you know, nice spooky, dreamy yeah, music okay. and everything. And everything. So I yeah. want to see this. You, you can't get you can't get more likes and subscribers until you make videos, though. You know that's how it works. So right. you gotta yeah. make yeah. some I've videos got, I've first. Got some but, stu- I've got know. some stuff up there now. I've got uh, some Columbine video up there. Um, I've got the Daughter of Babylon stuff from the Old Testament of the Bible up there, and I've got what I call Billy's rants and raves up there. You know. Oh so boy, I gotta see Columbine, that. The, yeah, the Columbine stuff. I got about four or five thousand hits on that. So, yeah, you gotta this YouTube thing. It's a you know you gotta really produce content all the time. You can't just sit back and wait for those old yeah. videos to pick up enough likes. So, right. um, yeah. But I'm sure you know that. Oh yeah. Uh, now, oh, now I wanted to ask. Uh, yeah, what's the channel? Does uh, Zach Coffey wants to know? Phantom Chasers, Zach. I think it's just so if you just Google Phantom, if you go into YouTube and no, search for Phantom a, the Chasers. No, the thing is, is, oh. is the thing is, is that uh, to look at my YouTube channel, it's just my name, William Zabel, is all. Because I put it up okay. years and years ago. Yeah, so you just go in, type in William Zabel. Um, I'm going to see if they'll let me do a separate YouTube channel and just call it Phantom Chasers. I don't know if you can have two or not. I don't know, uh, but I'll find out. If not, I can just do it on my regular YouTube channel, and people can look up the video. You know, when they see my list of videos, they can say, oh, yeah, the, his new special, Phantom Chasers, and click on it, and, you know. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that'll be interesting. So, yeah. all right. For some, is your wife well known or something? Because when when I type in William Zabel, the first thing that comes up is William Zabel. It's like it, you know how it fills in the things. It says William Zabel, wife, William Zabel, Columbine, William Zabel. So, is your is your um, do you have a well known wife? No, oh, it's a different William Zabel here. This might be no. I you know they might be talking about one, but um. Uh, I was married back in the in the 80s. My girlfriend and I grew up together. She grew up in L.A. I grew up here in Brighton, but we spent a lot of time together. She's originally from Tennessee, and a lot of things of ours, you know how it is when you're married, even after you're divorced, everything still gets linked on the Internet, you know. And it's possible if you see William Zabel and you see wife, it may they may still – somebody may still be connecting us out there. It's possible. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You know what it is? Is uh, there was a there was a, there was a well known lawyer named William Zabel uh, who who had a yeah, messy divorce. Yeah, William with his wife. D. Yeah, so William D. D. Zabel. Yeah, and it's possible they're doing that. He must be a big that. fan it's... of you. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever yeah, heard from I that mean, William I mean, Zabel? No, I haven't. But I've heard from a lot of other people. I wouldn't believe the number of people I hear from that. You know, they just uh, they they either listen to your show or they know somebody who listened to your show. And so they just typed in William Zabel, Columbine, and your sh- my show with you comes up first right on the web. Comes up first every time. Excellent. Well, that's good. So, that's good. Well, we featured yeah. you so often on the show. Uh, you know, you're you're a longtime favorite of the program. So I want you to be safe out there, Will uh, hmm. Bill. You know, you're you yeah. make a lot of explosive uh, explosive 
claims and allegations and whatnot. So I don't want you to wind up, oh, uh, you know. Oh, I yeah yeah I, I've 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 confronted uh, Trump supporters, and uh, one of the guys was from Washington D.C. that was here uh, in Brighton. He was driving around in a in a big van, and he had Trump and everything. He says you're a Republican. I said yeah. He goes you vote for Trump, and I said hell no. I've and voted for Jill Stein the last time. What what'd you do that for? Trump's going to save America. I said sir, with all due respect. Trump's not even going to save himself. If he don't win re-election, he's going straight to the state pen in New York. And we started going back and forth and arguing and everything. I said, do you know how bad this guy is? I said, he has been sued over 4,500 times. I said, no other billionaire real estate developer in New York has been sued that many times. Well, they're all just out to get him because they're jealous. I'm like, no, 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 no. You got to know this guy. I, you know, my girlfriend and I, we went to New York and, and uh, we were going to open uh, a business up there for her mom, a, a rental business. And uh, this goes to show you how close I am to Trump and why I hope the guy. Listen, I don't want to see him get assassinated. That's yeah, too yeah much don't, for say, anything, don't say anything. Don't say going to get me. What I'm, what I'm hoping is, is that fat, greasy diet he eats. I hope it does him in. I hope the frickin' lunatic has a heart attack, and I hope he falls face first into his damn cheeseburger, and I hope the whole world knows he died because of his cholesterol, because that's what's going to kill the guy. Long before the Democrats can even think of hiring an assassin, his stupid diet's going to kill him. I mean, if the Secret Service should do anything, they should get between him and his diet. No, sir, don't go near that cheeseburger, Mr. President. It's dangerous. That's what they should be doing. Now, what do you think of that, E? What do you think of that Elon Musk uh, brain implant thing that, that he's touting? Have you uh, oh, looked at that? This, this guy's a futuristic globalist nitwit. This guy's so out of touch with reality himself. And I can tell you right now, this guy is not the brains behind Tesla. Uh, this guy used to own PayPal for people that don't know. And PayPal is a military intelligence money laundering front. Uh, you can find evidence of that all over the internet. Lots of lawyers talking about it and SEC yeah. and everything. Um, all right. the, you know, the brain implant, his whole idea is he wants to go from uh, his cars driving you around without you having to drive them to his ability to control you. He admits he wants to control people through this neural implant. He admits it. He talks about that. Yeah, he yeah, says, yeah, he that. says, he says, he says, we've got the ideas. We know how to make this work. He says, we can redirect people on the positive paths. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're talking about controlling people's minds, you lunatic. Yeah, he's a lunatic. Well, let's hope that's not the case. Now, uh, let me see. Oh, wait a minute. Let uh, me finish up on so the thing about being in New York real quick. It'll only take about a being second. Being in New York. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Okay. Well, so we hold on before I before I let you get into that because we only got a minute and a half on the live broadcast. Oh. Uh, you can stick around okay. for a few minutes after that, I assume, right? Yeah, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank the gang uh, in the chat room tonight. We had a lively chat. Uh, Jim Vujovic, Random Brain Activity, Sasquara, Sarah Streetfield, and Zach Copley uh, for joining in and offering great questions and observations during tonight's show. Uh, we're going to keep the party going for, you know, another 10, 15 minutes or something like that. Uh, and uh, I'll try to get to these questions that were in the chat room. But uh, if I don't, I apologize. But thank you. And I want to thank you guys especially. 
while you're listening, uh, this crew, Jim and Sarah and Zach Copley, uh, they they pretty much have been joining us every Friday here for the Summer of Strangeness. So they're uh, they're kind of like my my panel here, uh, and I really appreciate that, you guys, uh, because it's nice. I I think I did a couple where it was uh, I was alone, or for some episodes we would do them when. Uh, back when we did the show on Tuesday nights and it was kind of a dead zone not too many people joined us in the chat and uh it's lonely it's nice to have people listening uh it helps uh that I know when the uh show sounds good and we have any technical problems um so I just want to really really thank Jim and Sarah and Zach uh for for being really consistent and consistently in the chat room uh you guys are awesome and uh it did not go unnoticed um so thank you and, uh, yeah, stay tuned for details on when we'll be back after the uh, summer of strangeness. All right, Bill. Now, we, uh, we've, we've said goodbye to uh, the awesome folks in the chat and the folks who were listening live. So you wanted to talk about living in New York? Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, we were there for six months, and the whole idea is uh, my mother-in-law uh, rented equipment to the independent film and video community, and she wanted uh, to break into the business in New York and see if we could make some money up there. So she sent us up to find a building with a small warehouse and a dock, and we're like, yeah, we can do that. It's no big deal. And we were there, and we spent more time partying than looking for a place. <laughs> uh, but we finally – found one and we found it through a company called 44 wall street now for anybody that knows that's trump's real estate company 44 wall street and uh the lady says oh yeah she goes uh we got a perfect little place you don't need anything big and i said no we're just you know right now we're just testing the waters to see if we can even do this so she showed it to us and we liked it and everything and it's just nice little nice little place there and uh, so we asked how much, and she said, well, you know, it's really cheap. It's it's an older property. This is built in the 40s, uh, only 500K. And I'm like, God, for New York, that's that's easy money. You know, that's really easy money. Even in the 80s, that was easy money. Uh, so we called uh, my mother-in-law, and she said, okay. She goes, I'll, I'll send you a cashier's check. So we got the name of the company, and she put it on the cashier's check, sent it to us, and we gave it to them. And we got the keys, and we're like, oh, goody, we're going to make this work, and now my mother-in-law will get off my back and leave me alone. And uh, so we went down to get our sales tax and our business tax license, and we took our paperwork, and we went in, and, you know, we're all happy and go lucky, and we're like, yeah, we can afford to pay the fees, whatever it is for this. And the lady says, okay, i got to go get the file on this building. And uh, she came back, and um, she said, we might have a problem here. And I'm like, oh, great, I suppose they think the building's condemned and you shouldn't be using it. And I'm like, great, my mother-in-law's going to hate this. <laughs> she was, a, oh, she was something else. She was a witch. And uh, I said, well, what's wrong? And she goes, well, whoever sold you this property did not have the right to sell it to you. Yeah, I think uh, you told me why? that story a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, this actually belongs to the Port Authority. It doesn't belong to this company she goes i don't even know how they got the keys to this and uh so we were a little bit worried so we go back and uh you know they see us coming you know, they're coming down the hall and they all bolt into the back office and you know we go in and we sit there and pretty soon this guy comes out and we tell him he goes oh yeah 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 he says uh is there a problem and i said yeah you guys weren't supposed to sell this property it's not yours and he says, well, you know, we just represent properties. That's how it works. And I said, no. I said, you guys said you own this property. 
And uh, so it went back and forth, and, and he says, well, he says, you know, I can uh, boot this upstairs, and they can talk to you about it, but he says, there's nothing I can do about it. And so we booted upstairs, and it went eventually directly to Trump. It went through a few other people first, and it went to Trump. And uh, when Trump said, we're back down, he says, fuck them. It's their property. They can do whatever they want with it. He said, I'm not giving them their money back. So, yeah. yeah. I have big, big Yeah, you told that story last time you were on because we talked about Trump and how you had a run with him and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just, I just, S-O-B. And I've heard that we're not the only ones he's done that to. He's done that to literally hundreds of small purchasers who came in to purchase He's had a lot of problems uh, with small businesses, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty wild. Yeah, and he he did this to all, yeah, he's done this to a lot of people. So, um. You know that's the, that's the way it goes with this clown, and nothing is you know nothing is going to change. I hate to tell people this. The only thing that's going to change is the economy is going to get worse, but the government's going to stay the same. It's business yeah. as usual, and they're trying to make it sound like oh Trump's this great Christian. He's come in and he's going to save the world and everything. It's like no, he's not. And what's even worse is that he's pretending that the whole government hates him, but they don't. Listen, they put up pictures of Joe Biden creeping on girls, Facebook, Twitter, all allow it. But I put up one photo, one photo of Trump creeping on his daughter, putting his hands between her legs, and Facebook shadow bans me for three days. Tells me I can't do that. And I said, wait a minute. You allowed stuff by Joe Biden up here, and you didn't do anything. Well, that's Joe Biden. It's like, wait a minute. That's actually disrespecting Joe Biden, not helping him win the election. And my feeling is, is because Trump's met with Zuckerberg and Bezos and all these other wealthy billionaires, I I think they're all in his pocket, really. I really do. Yeah. I don't. Now you I said don't earlier. Think he's got... If I don't ask about this, I'll have OCD now until the next time I talk to you. Now you said earlier, uh, Zach Colby, he can't. Well, he'll he'll hear it later, but uh, he can't hear it now. He's not in the chat anymore. But uh, he noticed too. You said you changed your your real name is William Wolf. Is that right? Well, no, I'm, no. Well, you know, that was my birth name. The reason I asked that is because people always say, well, Zabel's not a German name. Why do you feel a kinship to German? And I'm like, well, my birth name is William Wolf. My real dad's last name is Wolf. Zabel is my stepdad who died. Ah, and so you. I took okay. on his name as a child. That's all. No, I didn't change it. Uh, my mom changed I it when I was Hollywood a kid. I thought maybe Hollywood or something like that. You know, I didn't know if it was No, no. It's, uh, no, it was a thing. My mom was mad at my real dad because he wouldn't pay child support, so she changed my last name to my stepdad's last name. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. All right. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see where we're at. And now, one of the things, uh, maybe you can <laughs> – you've left me very terrified. Maybe you can – assuage these concerns. So part of what I see unfolding, too, I worry not so much about nanobots and the vaccine and stuff like that, but the there seems to be this antagonism with China. They're blaming China for yeah. the virus. And, yeah. you know, the old thing where it's like how to get out of a depression, you uh, you start a world war. So it's like war. part of me thinks, yeah. like, you know, oh, shit, this is how they're going to try and turn the economy around here is to uh, – is to go to war with China and shit. So do you, do you, yeah. do you have any thoughts on that scenario? Yeah. Um, the This has always been in the works. This has been something the globalists are doing. We are not intended to win this war. The, the globalists have gotten as much as they can out of this country. They've milked us for everything. We've got nothing left. The intent now is to destroy America and move everything to Europe and Asia. That's the intent. 
when we try to attack a China, and by the way, our military is so broken, they couldn't even take over a Boy Scout troop meeting without screwing it up. They're in horrible shape, the military is. Did you hear about this thing in Fort Hood, all these girls missing down there? My yeah, God. Yeah, something crazy going on they're, down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're raping those little girls right and left. I was on a plane. Uh, a girl coming back from Germany with us, uh, she was from Texas, and she uh, lived near Fort Hood. And she goes, oh, God, this is horrible. She goes, I'm listening to these people talk every day from Fort Hood that come off the base and come to our restaurant. Her mom and dad own a restaurant. She goes, we're listening to this all the time. And she goes, these officers are raping these girls right and left, and they're getting away with it. And when they complain, they all of a sudden end up going AWOL and disappear, or they find their body out there in the desert of Texas, you know. And so this military is broken. Take a look at the F-35 program. A trillion-dollar boondoggle. Everybody knows that thing is a piece of junk. And I talked to an F-14 fighter pilot, and he was—he's uh, got a—he owns his own Tomcat that he bought from the Navy after he, after they retired him. And he told me the story that an F-18 Hornet pilot was flying behind an F-35 pilot, and he had the F-35 locked up, painted as a target, and that pilot did not even know he was being locked up as a yeah. target. And they found out that with all the F-35s, the F-35 computers do not know when they're being painted as a target. And they want our pilots to go fly these things against China and Russia. Those things, they can knock those things out of the air with slingshots. They're still having trouble with the engines. The engine mounts are breaking, and the pilots have to land them because the thing rattles so bad when the engine mount breaks that they can barely control them. No, it's a, it's a, and, and get this. Do you know who makes most of the parts for the F-35? The Chinese do. Why do you think they're having so much trouble? The Chinese are holding up the parts. They just released a report going, why are the parts being held up for Air Force bases? I'll tell you why, because Trump's got a tariff embargo against China, and China says, fine, you want to be that way? You're not getting any more parts for your little American-made F-35. They make the parts. Look it up. It's in the GAO reports. That's why they want to bring them all of it back to the United States because they're making the parts for this thing. Yeah. All right. So you've painted a pretty yeah, bleak picture going... of the future. What, what would you – for the for the folks listening who want to make it to 2022 when we talk again or whenever to our next conversation, what, what, I guess what advice do you have for people out there in this treacherous world we live in today? I would say right now, unless things get better – Stay out of the large cities. Get out and stay out. If you've got a business that you can move to a suburb or a rural small town, do it. Get out of the big cities. This crap with Antifa and BLM is not going to stop. This is going to keep going and keep going. They're burning Portland halfway to the ground, and it's not going to be long before they get to other cities. And there's rumors that there's Antifa here in Brighton and and other small towns in Colorado. I've seen some of their uh, – they got that circle with the line through it, which is their emblem, and I've seen that painted on uh, a few of buildings around town. So uh, people here are getting a little bit worried that they've managed to come out here, and I've seen some really scruffy-looking people taking pictures of things. So, But I tell oh, people, get out of the large cities. This is not going to stop at these large cities. It's going to keep going. Um, and whatever you do, follow the advice of a lot of survivalists, including those who have been in special forces. Uh, get yourself a bug-out bag. Get yourself a portable water filter, like those Berkey portable water filters that you can dip in a stream. Um, mm-hmm. 
if you if you believe in gun ownership and you think you can safely handle a handgun, get one, get trained on it, get a license for it, and carry it if your state allows you to. Uh, if you don't like guns, at least get yourself a taser or some maze. Because these right. crazies, they attack. These crazies attack anybody anywhere. I've seen them do it. Um, also, uh, beware of watch two places. You need to watch the Far East in China, and you need to watch the thing in the in the Black Sea. We're up there screwing around with the Russians in the Black Sea. And whatever you do, watch the Middle East. Russia just put six of its warships in the Mediterranean, so they're getting ready to do something. So you need to be awake and watching these other hotspots. Why? Even though they're outside of America, because what happens in those countries affects us. There are people here in this country that are very favorable to those countries, China, Syria, whatever. If we attack those countries, they are liable to start something here. Also, China and Russia, Russia has made it very clear that Putin is at the end of his rope with America. He says, you notice that uh, CNN is not running any more interviews of him and translating. The reason why is because he is now continually threatening the U.S. You've got to go to the Russian media to find it and then have somebody translate into English for you. But he is constantly now threatening the U.S. military if it does not stop. He says, I will take out your people in Poland. He says, I will take out your people in the Ukraine. And then he says, if you launch at me, he says, I will launch at the U.S. And China said the same thing. China says that they will do the same thing. So people, be very aware of what's going on around you. Keep your head on a swivel like the military would tell you. Um, Always keep cash on hand. This COVID-19 thing shut down ATMs. It shut down banks. Keep as much cash as you think you dare keep on you that you won't get robbed or whatever. Don't tell people you have it, but keep cash on you. Keep a bug out bag and keep your vehicle gassed up in case things really get bad. Have a bug out spot. If your children are at school and you have to leave, you need to be able, you're not going to be able to get to them because they're going to lock the schools down if something happens. But what you need to do is tell your children, Uh, If you're at school and something bad is going to happen and it looks like we're going to see a lot of death and destruction, don't take the stand-down order and hide in the school. You get out of the school any way you can and then find a location where you can meet your children at and then take them to your bug-out location. I can tell you right now they've been playing these games and taking these children out of the school And they did it here in Denver when the COVID-19 thing started. They took kids out of the school, and they took them to Sports Authority Stadium. FEMA did. And then the parents didn't even know what was going on. So parents, beware. They're going to pull this crap with your children. And the way they're going to get you to stay in the cities and take their little mark of the beast and worship them is, oh, we've got your children at school. So if you are a parent, what you want to do is tell your child, listen, you're, you're not a bad kid for doing this. But if things go wrong, I want you to get out of that school any way you can, you know, and just tell them. Right, Remember, right. I'm your just parent. Safe, I'm yeah, your that parent. That makes me a little concerned. The they have shutdowns in school, though, like if there's a shooter. We don't want a kid yeah. running out. So, you know, no, you got to just but, be but, safe but I be smart, make, folks. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but what I'm telling people is, is if they try to lock your kids down 
when the danger is not close and they're trying to say, well, you can't come get your kids, you're going to have to stay home. Right, if right, it right. gets to a point to where you know danger is coming and they won't let your kids go, if, if, the, if the world, if the, if the nukes are going to go off, why would they want to keep your kids in the damn school? Just let them go home to the parents. You know, I'm not yeah, talking about yeah. a school shoot or anything like that. I'm talking about if the nukes are going to go off, they're still going to try and keep your kids. They're still going to play games. And at that point, parents need to tell their kids, if that goes on, then try to find a way out of the school. We'll meet you at uh, – parents need to find a place where they can meet their children and then take them and go to the bug-out location. And believe me, people, you need a bug-out location. Even if you can't afford a summer home on the beach or you can't afford a cabin in the woods, find somebody that will let you stay with them if things go wrong and be prepared to leave the city. The cities will not survive this mess. They won't. The cities are death traps. They were designed to be death traps. All right. Well, there's a lot of concern about a civil war here, too. You see that happening, or you think it's oh, going yeah. to be stamped down? Oh, you think it's going to happen here? Well, it will happen, but it won't be what everyone thinks it is. It's not going to be Trump supporters against Biden supporters. Listen, what this is going to be is this is going to be all of these young people, which are nothing but paid rioters. These guys are all, all paid to do this. Uh, these guys are getting like $500 a day to do this. That's why they're doing it. It's going to be those who believe that they have the right to take what doesn't belong to them against other Americans. When this thing finally does go down and there is a civil war, it won't have anything to do with Joe Biden and Trump. It won't be Democrat versus Republican. It will be American against American. It will be Americans well, who believe in freedom. Is, yeah. yeah, it's a civil war, but it's different than what Alex Jones and the rest of them are pushing. pushing. They're all pushing, oh, well, it's going to be Trump supporters against Biden and the Democrats. No, 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 no. When this civil war finally goes down, it will just be American against American. And when people see that everything's gone, their job is gone, their pension's gone, and they know they only have 30 days of food or what, they will go next. Right, right, right. Yeah, will, well, we're going to see some desperate, and, desperate people uh, as the economy gets worse, that's for sure. Well, yeah, let's hope yeah. that things somehow miraculously turn around and get better, Bill. But uh, we, yeah. I hate to leave the, the listeners on a down note like that, but I have a feeling regardless of what happens, as long as you keep your nose out of trouble, Bill, we'll be talking again. In a couple oh, of years, yeah. uh, at least, uh, oh, yeah. at the latest, yeah. I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, this, this we may have to turn this into an annual tradition here at the, <laughs> to close out the summer yeah. and talk to uh, William Zabel. But, um, all right, well, folks can find you on Facebook, right? William Zabel, uh, just punch oh, yeah. that in. They can find you on YouTube. Yep. Uh, also, just yep. punch in William Zabel, um, and yep. that's where they can find your stuff. So, yeah, get get going, man. Produce some stuff, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll keep the Been All of America listeners alerted to your – to your videos once you start putting up some new ones and stuff. Uh, you have a lot to say, so I have a feeling that, uh, you know, these would be pretty compelling uh, compelling videos. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, I can't thank you enough. I'm wrapping it up now, so thank you very much. It, uh, I hope that you can get reunited with Gretchen. And oh, yeah. uh, I will. And yeah. the wedding can finally happen. If you get married in America, oh, yeah. you let me know. I'll, I, if you invite me to the to the wedding, I may even come to Germany if I get invited. So you uh, okay. you keep, oh, you'll keep you'll me love, in the you'll loop. love Germany. Yeah, yeah you right. love Germany. We got better we got better beer than Americans do. <laughs> I, I feel like if you got married and I got invited, I'd feel I feel like I have to go now. So so I hope yeah. this happens. You know, and oh yeah, <laughs> it would be the adventure well, of a gonna... lifetime. 
Yeah, I'll get back there somehow, even if I have to hijack Air Force One and make them fly me back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Will you stop, dude? Will you stop? You're going to get me thrown in the gulag. Yeah. All right, Bill. Yeah. Well, Just thank kidding. you very much for coming on the show. Uh, always enjoy talking to you. Uh, have a great autumn and holiday season, and uh, hopefully we make it through the next few months. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. uh, okay, and, and here's to a better 2021, right? Oh, yeah. All right, brother. Thank you very much. Good night. Uh, yep, good night. There you go, folks. That was William Zabel. Wow, what a what a wild ride. What an absolutely wild ride. Uh, as I said, I don't want to get thrown in the gulag here, so... You know, it's important for me to know that that, that was all William Zabel. Uh, I think I said less on this edition of Banal of America than I uh, than I did all summer on any episode this summer. Um, so, yeah, uh, the opinions, uh, yeah, that's what they would say. Yeah, the opinions expressed by William Zabel do not uh, reflect the those of Banal of America. So don't throw me in the gulag. Uh, on that note... What do we got going on? All right, so next week, this is the end of the summer of strangeness. There's no more summer. Next week, uh, there wouldn't be a show anyway, because I'm going to be doing the Strange Realities Conference. I've been plugging this a lot this month. It's going to be uh, quite the happening. You can find out more about it at strangerealitiesconference.com. And uh, essentially, uh, yeah, I'm going to be talking about my trip down to the Flat Earth Conference in Dallas and it should be it should be uh it should be fun. I'm a little concerned it's going to be like showing vacation slides, so I'm going to try and make it as entertaining and informative as possible. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be very different from all the other presentations, and it's going to be at the same time you would be listening to Ben All of America if you're one of our live listeners. So it's going to be Friday night at like 9:30. Uh, our good friend Aaron Goulias will be starting the night. I think he's coming on like a couple hours before me, like at seven. So you definitely want to check this out, strangerealitiesconference.com. A whole bunch of friends of Banal of America will be presenting over the course of the weekend. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and it's like 20 bucks. So for that kind of price, uh, you really can't pass up this much stuff. So do that, strangerealitiesconference.com. Now, following that, we'll be into October. i got to take a break. Um, I've noticed this. I'm kind of – Kind of been running on fumes here uh, as we got closer to the end of the summer of strangeness. Um, the usually I would sort of churn out. I think if you looked back at the first episode with Lauren Coleman, I think we had the MP3 already processed and everything and out for people on the podcast feed, like on Sunday. And now by the end of uh, this week's episode, last week's episode with Jenny Ashford didn't come out till like Tuesday afternoon or something. So that's how I can tell that I'm, I'm, I'm I need a I need a break from the grind. So I'll be taking some time off. Summer of Strangers is over. Um, I'm not positive when I'll be back. If I were to venture a guess, it would be uh, maybe October 30th. Uh, That's a very good possibility. That's Friday, October 30th. Or failing that, I know for certain that we will be doing uh, a live election night special with Jeremy Vaney, Good Parade, election night special with Giles, the election center chimp, and all the, the fun of that. The uh, the 2016 episode was legendary. 
God only knows how the uh, 2020 episode is going to be, but it's a tradition now. I think this will be our third presidential election that we've covered uh, by way of the Good Parade. So that'll be, uh, what, November 3rd at 9 p.m., I would presume. So Tuesday, November 3rd at 9 p.m. I can guarantee you, uh, you know, unless something happens to me and Vaney in the interim, uh, you know, knock on wood, it'll be all right. Um, that will be uh, that will be uh, the Good Parade Election Night special. I got distracted trying to find some wood to knock on. How banal, right? Uh, so, yeah, so we'll definitely be back then. That'll be the Good Parade Election Night special. Following that, of course, two or three weeks later will be Rucks Giving. So I'm thinking somewhere in that mix we will uh, we'll start up something. So, and I guess I'll say it now because I don't want I don't uh, <laughs> I don't want anyone else to use it. So, since this was the summer of strangeness, it's only fitting that uh, we do a winter of weirdness. So we'll be doing a winter of weirdness season. Um, it's a little trickier because like oh winter starts in you know winter. When does winter start? It's not like Labor Day, where it's, it's not like uh, Memorial Day. It's the unofficial start. What's the unofficial start of winter? I don't know. Might be Rocksgiving, but we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have a winter of weirdness. I've really, really enjoyed doing this summer of strangeness. Um, it's been an absolute blast, and I've w- one thing I have really loved is talking to all of these different new people who have never been on All of America before. Because um, it's really a challenge for me to talk to people who've never been on, who I've never interviewed before. Um, you know, I got to do a lot of legwork. I got to, uh, I got to get their background. I gotta, it's not like tonight's episode with uh, William Zabel, where we just jumped in and started, started just churning out the wildness. Uh, you know, you got to kind of ease into it. You got to get a feel for who the guest is, and and um, you know, some folks have long answers, some folks have short answers. Uh, you know, you got you got to kind of figure that out as it goes along. It's a it's a fun process for me, um, and one of the more enjoyable uh, aspects of podcasting. And something I hadn't really done a lot of in recent years, as we we we've sort of built up this awesome bullpen of been all of America favorites. Uh, so that was kind of the point this summer to to open up the tent, find some new voices that have never been on the show before, um, and and hopefully, and I think this is the case. Uh, find some folks that that will be back in in future rotations of Been All of America. Maybe in the winter of weirdness. I'm not sure yet. But uh, so let me get down a list of folks who we had here for the summer of strangers and thank them. Lauren Coleman, of course, helped us kick off this uh, this what was an experiment. Turned out to be quite the uh, fun adventure. Lauren Coleman, Doctor Future, J. Michael Bennett, Johnny L. Tenney, Robert Schneck, our old friend Jerry Vaney. Uh, the the Mad Scientist podcaster Chris Cogswell, Justin Bamforth, Kiki Dombrowski, Steve McDaniel, and Adam Allen of Skyhub, Dr. Edward Guimont, Jeremy Puma, and Garrett Kelly of Liminal Earth, uh, Allison Jornlin, Adam Sane, and Sir Phil Stevenson from Conspiracy Normal and the Strange Realities Conference, and of course last week's guest Jenny Ashford. So, as I said, just tons of folks who'd never been on Banal of America before, and I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, but I think, I was thinking about it, you know, but for the, for the winter of weirdness, I may want to go in a different direction and talk to old friends of Banal of America 
who we haven't spoke to in a while. As I said, uh, like like last time I talked to William Zabel was uh, was the end of January 2018, so quite a while ago. And uh, so that may be the plan for the winter of weirdness. Who knows? Something else may come into my head between now and uh, and the holiday season when all this will kick up. So that's about it. So you're not going to hear me for a while. I'll definitely be back on election night. I'll definitely have a Rucksgiving special. And uh, at some point in that time frame, we will launch the Winter of Weirdness and probably roll uh, a similar schedule uh, Friday nights through, uh, I don't know, through like March or something. So and even it'll probably be even longer than the Summer of Strangeness was. But that's that's the plan right now. I've really enjoyed uh, what we've been doing here for the last few weeks, and I'm kind of amazed. It's funny. People are like, oh, you're back to podcasting. It's like, dude, tonight's episode, like the 15th one in the Summer of Strangeness. We had 10 coronavirus shows with uh, Dr. Tyler Coke, John. So, I mean, we're talking like that's like 25 shows I've done this year already, and like I, if I haven't gone back and looked. But I'd be willing to bet if you looked, uh, we've probably done more shows in 2020 um, than than we did uh, in a lot of other years. I know for certain 2016. I think I only did like five shows in 2016, but a lot of years. Um, you know, 25 shows is is quite a bit for uh, Banal of America. So, and we're gonna. I think by the end of the year, we'll probably be up to like 30 shows, which is which is pretty crazy. So. Uh, we used to get a lot of flack for kind of falling off the radar and disappearing for a while and then coming back with another show. We had a little trouble with consistency, but I think the I think that's <laughs> no longer an issue. We've really locked in this Friday night uh this Friday night routine and I've enjoyed it quite a bit. So for people who are like, Oh, you're podcasting, yes, yes, I'm podcasting again. I've fucking been back since March. So tell your friends. Uh and I think I don't know what else I need to say. Um, I probably shouldn't say this because I have a tendency to say things that I don't end up doing. But uh, since I'm talking to the real hardcore listeners now who have stuck to the end, I think I think this is probably our last episode on Blog Talk. I'm going to look and try and find a different uh, a different service after the troubles we had with Blog Talk uh, over the past few months. Um, but We'll see. I need something that's going to be comparable. I need the chat room. I need to be able to throw in some little sound effects every now and again if I want for good parade shows. Uh, and I need a stable outlet. But that's kind of the plan. And uh, we may we may put a little fresh coat of paint on the program. It's not going to really change. It's still going to be Banal of America. It'll be the Banal of America Winter of Weirdness, of course. Um, and we just might slap some paint on it. But otherwise, it'll be the same old show. So, yeah. I think that's about it. I've rambled long enough. Uh, you can hear me, as I said once again, uh, next week at the Strange Realities Conference. It's online. Anyone in the world can watch it. So uh, just go to strangerealitiesconference.com. Uh, check check for me on social media, but all of America on Facebook. I don't. I tend not to. Um, for anyone who's like, at, set me a friend request. Uh, unless I know you, I really don't accept a lot of. Uh, friend requests. I'm actually like cleaning out my Facebook friend list anyway, because um, the way they curate the timeline is just ridiculous, uh, and it, it it pays not to have too many friends. So 
if you're someone who sent me a friend request, um, you know, if you really want to be my friend, you know, send me a message, I guess. But otherwise, just go to banalofamerica.com, um, go to the Banal of America Facebook page, uh, and that, that's where you'll get all the same information on the show. And, of course, I'm really big on Twitter. That's kind of my main outlet for, uh, for, for social media. So you want to punch in Banal, B-I-N-N-A-L-L, on Twitter to, uh, you know, find out what I've been up to. Anyone can follow me on there. Um, yeah, and that's about it. So stay tuned to the website, our social media outlets, and you'll find out what's going what's gonna to come after uh, next week's Strange Reality Conference. But it, it won't be too long a break, I, I promise. And, uh, yeah, with that said, I think I got it all covered now. I want to thank uh, everybody out there who's been listening. Um, I know a lot of folks kind of whined a little bit. and that, Oh, that reminds me. Yeah, so a lot of folks kind of whined a little bit about uh, the shows with Dr. Tyler Coach on. They were, they were coronavirus out, and I, I don't blame them. But uh, I look back and really enjoyed uh, the coverage that we had during what was a pivotal uh, period of time. There's a good chance we'll bring Dr. Tyler that you know if I'm if I'm kind of bumming around and and uh, getting a little stir crazy you know we may uh, we may reconnect with Dr. Tyler Coach John for a one-off um, coronavirus crisis coronacast uh, update because we promised people we would do that and we still haven't done that so that that's something else that'll be in the cards so as I said there's a few different kind of uh, shows uh, kicking around possibilities and stuff like that. Um, before we really kick things off in earnest uh, with the wow, the winter of weirdness. But uh, I just want to thank everybody who's been listening. Uh, I just really appreciate it. You guys are the best listeners in the world. I know some of you have been listening to this show for like 15 years, which is absolutely crazy. Um, there are people who listen all over the world. And, uh, you know, I, I've been, I, I said this at the end of every, every show um, over the years especially when we wrapped up the season. You guys are like the best fucking audience in the world. I, I, I can't thank you enough. You guys have just been so supportive uh, and have kept me afloat more often than not. So I really do appreciate the Banal America listeners. You guys are the absolute best. You're like family, man. Um, and so thank you so much for coming along on this ride that was the Summer of Strangeness. Now we take a little breather. We, uh, you know, shake off the dust, get a fresh coat of paint, We'll be rocking and rolling with the winter weirdness before you know it. So, uh, on that note, thank you once again, everybody listening. Thanks to all the folks in the chat room. Thank you to William Zabel. Until next time, this is Tim Badal, thanking you for listening and signing off.